describes him as an ambassador for peace. The man has become a global icon and done so much for humanity, a total ambassador for freedom and justice in the world. That would be the one takeaway that you could actually have, is that what an extraordinary ambassador for peace. In other news this morning, former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Federation denies the allegations. An investigation into the college and the Federation by the Department of Education is ongoing and due to be published later this month. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. The claims come from former teachers at one of the schools taken over by the Barnfield Federation. They say they were told to help pupils rewrite coursework until it was of sufficient standard to achieve at least a C grade. They claim the practice was particularly common in English and maths. The Federation strongly denies this happened at any establishment and refutes these claims. Two 18-year-olds from Luton are due in court this morning, accused of stabbing another teenager to death. 19-year-old Mika Urquhart died in Hastings Street on September the 13th. Waka Eunice from Queen's Close and Paul Lynham from Midland Road have both been charged with murder. West, Har- West Hertfordshire Hospitals is among 16 health trusts with higher-than-expected death rates. The figures come from health statistics firm Dr Foster. Hemel Hempstead and Watford Hospitals were found to have higher-than-expected death rates in two of the four indicators. A man who failed to keep his dog on a lead in Bedford Town Centre has been fined more than £300. 55-year-old Peter Taylor from Albert Street was spotted breaking the law on six different occasions by CCTV. The weather, a bright and frosty start with a cold wind, a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning with a high of 4 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you approach it in down Windmill Hillside, especially in the winter, it's all lit up and it looks beautiful. All this week in Hitchin. I think the people are really, really pleasant. Yeah, it's just a nice old market town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past six. It's Friday the 6th of December. It's the weekend. Lots coming up on the show today, but the big news of the day, of course, is that Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 94. We'll be getting your reaction and hearing from people living in the three counties who's met him over the years. His goddaughter, a fellow political prisoner, and those who welcomed him when he visited Bedford in the year 2000. We'll also be bringing you the latest on the investigation into practices within the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation. We understand the government's looking into various accusations, including grade massaging at its facilities. All Scoins will be here to tell us more. If you want to take part in the show, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR, or give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the former South African president and anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95. 
Current President Zuma says South Africa has lost its greatest sum. Well, our reporter, Lorna Hankin, has been talking to one of Nelson Mandela's goddaughters, Tanya von Ahlefeldt. She lives in Berkhamsted and is the daughter of Jimmy Cantor, a white lawyer rep- who represented Mandela's lawyer, but was accused, who uh, represented Mandela, but was a- himself accused of crimes in the Rivonia trial in South Africa in 1963. My father was one of the ten accused at the Rivonia trial, which is the trial that put Nelson Mandela away for life. He and my mother were expecting me as a baby and... And before I'd been born, they were sitting on trial and the trial went on for a very long period of time. He passed a note down the dock to Nelson Mandela to say, would he be my godfather? Regardless of whether I was a girl or a boy, it would be an honour to have him as a godfather. He then passed a note back down the dock to my father saying the honour would be all his and then they dare not hang him. It was extremely unusual because in those days black and white people didn't even fraternise, let alone ask for something as important as a godparent outside of your race. There was obviously great respect between the two men and in fact when they went to court they swapped ties. Nelson Mandela turned to my father and said, this will bring me luck if I have your tie. Tanya's father was acquitted and fled to England while Mandela was imprisoned. Unfortunately, later Jimmy died and never got to see Mandela freed. One of the biggest tragedies for me and my family was the fact that my father had actually died in 1974. Having been a very minor part of the struggle, however, a part nonetheless, his biggest wish in life was to actually see Nelson Mandela freed to try and express that moment when we were all transfixed with the TV to see Nelson Mandela walking free with Winnie Mandela by his side. That was a moment that still to this day thinking about it gives me total goosebumps and makes me feel very sad that he never did experience that. However, Tanya did grow up knowing her father's history and as an adult was her father's representative at the ANC's 40th anniversary celebration Celebration in South Africa. At the actual ceremony, which was held at the original Rivonia farm that was raided where they were all arrested, this has now been turned into a very beautiful museum. The one person missing was Nelson Mandela. So we went through the whole ceremony and right at the end, somebody sort of whispered to us to come over and jump into this car with them. And we were in fact taken to Walter Sisulu's house. Walter Sisulu, who was clearly, you know, one of the accused and one of the very major parts of the movement had been too ill to go to the ceremony. So Mandela had actually gone to Walter Sisuli's house to watch it on TV with him. I mean, this is the sort of man that he was. I was introduced as Jimmy Cantor's daughter, your goddaughter. Nelson Mandela stood up, walked over to me, bear-hugged me and said, I've waited such a long time to meet you. Of course, completely flustered. I said, I think it's the other way round. And... I was just mesmerised by this man. He was very tall and had the most sparkling eyes I've ever met in my life. A total aura of energy and love and total acceptance. That was the thing that came across most strongly. He was totally accepting of everything, everyone and where he was now. And so much so that he'd miss one of the biggest ceremonies just to be with his mate and watch it on television. That is the measure of the man. Looking back on Mandela's life, Tanya says she has very fond memories. Nelson Mandela's legacy would very much be a legacy that allows people to fight for a cause in a manner that will benefit 
the masses. The man has become a global icon and done so much for humanity, a total ambassador for freedom and justice in the world. That would be the one takeaway that you could actually have is that what an extraordinary ambassador for peace. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. With the uh, the death of Nelson Mandela, we thought it would be uh, interesting to ask, are there any heroes left out there? 
Who's yours? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Nelson Mandela, of course, heroes for uh, hero for for lots and lots of people. He had a fantastic sense of humour. Uh, I was uh, reading Twitter as one does, and uh, one of the uh, quotes from Nelson Mandela when he was asked what was the highlight of your life, he said meeting the Spice Girls. Now that is pretty fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, so who would you say your heroes are? Are there any left? I'm trying to think. And when I say heroes, I mean proper heroes, not you know David Bowie. David Bowie, I mean, he's, he's an adequate singer-songwriter. He's not a proper hero, is he? In the mould of Nelson Mandela. Uh, I, I don't think we... we don't, I don't know. We don't have anybody in British politics of that ilk. Obama, maybe, although he's, he's been a bit of a damp squib, hasn't he, really? Remember when he said he was going to um, pull out of uh, Iran and uh, uh, Iraq and um, close Guantanamo Bay? Do you remember those things? They're, they're not happened. So he's been a little bit of a disappointment, hasn't he? Or maybe not. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are there any heroes remaining? And also, what did Nelson Mandela mean to you? Facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. You can also more and more of you seem to have found out my top secret email address. Maybe it's because I keep saying it on the radio. That could be the giveaway. Ian dot Lee at BBC dot co dot UK. I A I N dot L E at BBC dot co dot UK. But on a day like this, it's nice. We can talk, isn't it? So why don't you pick up the telephone? Uh, most of the lines are free at the moment. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's fourteen minutes past six. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking pretty quiet out there at the moment. The speed centres aren't picking up any major problems on the major routes. West of Aylesbury, though, the A418 Oxford Road is closed between Stone and Dinton for roadworks. Expect delays there, especially at peak times. And in Beerton, Broughton Lane is closed in both directions between Kirkot Lane and the A41. That has been causing increased traffic on the A41 and A418. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.15, Friday the 6th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. Former teachers for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. In cricket, Australia are declared on 570 for nine on the second day of the second Ashes test in Adelaide. I've got no idea what I just said then, but... Come on, Barmy Army. The weather today, cold with a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning and patchy rain this afternoon. Wasn't it blustery yesterday? Now, I know some of you listening to this may have been uh, affected by the storms more than I was. Oh, it was windy. Driving down the M1, my car was getting blown all over the place. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Radio's Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. This afternoon, I'm going to be live in the historic Hertfordshire market town of Hitchin. And I'll meet the woman who founded Hitchin Folk Club over 50 years ago, as well as a local artist who's raised over £10,000 for charity by selling a picture of a stick of rock. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. I'll be based in the market square from midday, so pop down and say hello. Today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's been alleged that teachers at the Barnfield Federation education institutions were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework to get better grades, a BBC Three Counties investigation has found. The subjects include GCSE maths and English. Well, the Bedfordshire-based College and Federation is currently being investigated by the Department for Education. Physical reporter Paul Scoynes has the story. What's the new allegation? Well, Ian, we know that the College and the Federation is being investigated over these allegations of grade massaging and its operational finances. Well, the Department for Education won't confirm to us uh, what the investigation is about. It only says that it's investigating the College and the Federation and taking those allegations seriously. Now, we also uh, understand, too, that uh, that there have been allegations of bullying of staff made to the DfE by at least uh, one... uh, I think also two people who we know who have spoken to the Department for Education's inquiry. Um, So that is the sort of scope of what's happened. The new allegation uh, is that whistleblowers contacted us here at BBC Three Counties Radio after you interviewed Stephen Hall, uh, the chief executive of Barnfield, about the investigation last month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, it was October, end of October. The ones I've spoken to are former teachers of academies, and I did a long interview with two of them last week, this is an excerpt from one of our interviews with the whistleblowers. What were you expected to do? Um, get, getting students' grades by whatever it takes. Some colleagues felt really uncomfortable with that in that basically it was demanded, expected to spoon-feed students to get the grades. They would be continually rewriting pieces of coursework, controlled assessment. Um, you know, they'd take the students off timetable for core subjects in particular and then just spend, you know, a week making sure they rewrote it, rewrote it, rewrote it until they'd achieved those grades. Some of the teachers felt they weren't really teaching. They were saying, you need to put this in, you need to put this in. You know, it really goes against our ethical code as a teacher and actually you're not doing well by the students either. Now, that's not the voice of the individual. That's one of the members of staff here at Three Counties who's re-voiced that. Now, controlled assessment and coursework, they have fairly strict conditions. This is the guidance from one of the uh, exam boards, AQA, on those. It says if students do any work on the actual task prior to the assessment taking place, the teacher must not mark it or comment on it, as this would be seen as drafting and redrafting. There can be no intervention by any member of staff once a controlled assessment session has started. We understand those courseworks were done in controlled assessment conditions Mm. and the Barnfield Federation tells us it does not recognise the picture being painted by these accusations and strongly refutes these claims Also allegations made by the whistleblowers, we we alluded to this yesterday, they couldn't put any of these concerns to the Department for Education. Yeah that's right the investigation team have been in Bedfordshire taking witness statements over a number of days I've been told by people who've contributed to that process, however when some of the other people we've spoken to wanted to put these points to the DfE they found it very difficult Um, Yeah, I did try ringing them and it was really difficult. The person at the end of the line at the Department for Education sort of said, I don't know who you need to speak to. I felt like I was going round in circles, so I gave up. What's been the reaction to these claims? Well, there's been concern from uh, local MPs and further afield, Ed Miliband told me that he was worried about the allegations that the teachers have made. Well, I am concerned about the allegations, and of course they've got to be properly looked at, all of the allegations uh, around this this chain. And I think it is an illustration of the wider problem that there is, which is that Michael Gove believes that you can run all of Britain's schools 
academy schools and free schools from central government. That's thousands of schools. Actually, what you need is local accountability as well, because that is really, really important for holding schools to account and making sure that we have proper financial management, proper systems, and proper processes in place at all of our schools. That's what our kids deserve. That's what parents have a right to expect, and that's what a Labour government would make sure happens. Teachers who've left the academy chain have come to us and said there's no way of complaining about it. They can't go to the school. They feel that that would be very difficult for them to voice those concerns. And when they've gone to the Department for Education, they've been told there's no real whistleblowing process. What would you do about that? Well, that's what we're deeply concerned about. And we've asked David Blunkett, the former Secretary of State for Education, to look at this issue of local accountability, to make sure that schools right across the board, whether they're academies or free schools, or of course community schools, can be properly held to account. So that actually the right standards are upheld, the right processes are upheld, and parents, most importantly, can have confidence about what's happening at schools uh, and teachers also. So I think this is is a demonstration of the fact that we do need to change the system, that the government isn't getting it right, and we would make changes, and that's what we're looking at at the moment. Uh, now, Michael, that was Ed Miliband, of course. Michael Gove, the Education Secretary, has been responding to some of these complaints as well, hasn't he? Yeah, speaking uh, to us in Suffolk recently, he uh, he denied the academy system didn't have the right amount of oversight. But, you know, we haven't, as I said, seen what the department have said, only that short statement. But this is what he said to Look East. I think our system is working. Um, at the moment, we're investigating some allegations that have been made about uh, a variety of things that happened um, at Barnfield. Until that investigation concludes, I don't think I can comment on it. It wouldn't be fair to any of the people involved. One of the things that we have found, though, is that when other complaints have been made about things that have been going wrong in other schools, the the department and its agencies have been as quick to investigate them, if not quicker, than other local authorities. But obviously, if there are people who feel that uh, their attempt to blow the whistle or to register complaints uh, haven't been handled properly, then... A, I'm concerned about it, and B, I want to make sure that they get a proper answer. This investigation is due to be concluded soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's due to take uh, between four to six weeks. That was at the outset of it. Uh, so that would make it at any day now. And we understand the DfE has completed the interviewing, um, though we know that some teachers have struggled to contact the DfE, as we've said. Uh, I, I've been told by sources yesterday uh, to expect it in about ten days or so, but really nobody knows. Uh, and just to clarify, of course, Barnfield denied any wrongdoing, don't they? Yes, they've always said uh, that the investigations relate to the past. Um, uh, remember earlier this week, though, that Sir Peter Burkett, who founded the Federation in 2007, resigned from his role at an international school chain, uh, saying that in order that this issue does not become an undue distraction from my colleagues and the work of GEMS Education, I've decided to resign from my position. He told us, too, uh, when he uh, moved on uh, from Barnfield as Director General of the whole Barnfield Federation, the interim results of the highest ever there were healthy financial reserves and the staffing reshaping of the college would place the organization in a solid position moving forward he left uh, the federation in february this year now barnfield didn't want to be interviewed by the bbc before the publication of the report they have uh, said that they would talk to us after the yes. publication of the report in a statement the federation said barnfield federation does not recognize the picture being painted by these accusations and strongly refutes these claims our students are our lifeblood and follow a 
personalised learning programme suited to their individual needs and aimed at developing rounded young people who will reach their potential prepared for the world of work. The current investigation is not about educational standards, it's about operational issues and any lessons about how things were done in the past will be learned, implemented and adhered to. We are already in the process of making sure that Barnfield is fit for the future and not held back by the past. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. All my bags are packed, I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside the door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking. It's early morn, the taxi's waiting, he's blown his horn Already I'm so lonesome I could die So kiss me and smile for me, tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you never let me go Times I've let you down, so many times I've played around. I tell you now, they don't mean a thing. Every place I go, I'll think of you. Every song I sing, I'll sing for you. When I come back, I'll bring your wedding ring. Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go Has come to leave you one more time. Let me kiss you, then close your eyes, and I'll be on my way. Dream about the days to come when I won't have to leave alone. About the times I won't have to say. And smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go To 
455 is the telephone number this morning. With Nelson Mandela gone, we're asking, are there any more heroes left? Um, Paul says, Dennis Skinner is a hero. Best attendance record every year in the Commons, stuck to his beliefs, even under new Labour, a real man of the people. Well, Paul Scoyne's political, a current political reporter, is here. Dennis, would you class Dennis Skinner as a hero, Paul Scoyne? He's, he's an iconic MP, that's for sure. I mean, he is that sort of slightly cantankerous man who yep. sort of will shout at the uh, leader of the opposition, the Prime Minister, without can any I, kind of qualms. Just say yesterday, when um, George Osborne was doing his budget, mm. did the politicians realise... Autumn statement. That's why he's the current political reporter. The, the next one wouldn't correct me on air. He'd uh, give me a rollicking upstairs in the office for no particular reason. Um, it, do, do the politicians not realise that they sound like idiots? Yes. What is that all about? If you did that in a school assembly or in a debating class at, at college, you get kicked out immediately. The barracking is pretty intense. I was able to... I went to Parliament uh, a couple of months ago and I was given the tour by uh, wow. one of our, our, our political correspondents. Well, I bet that was great. It was really interesting. Yeah. You go into the, uh, the the chamber and you hear all that stuff and you see them and they're, li- they're sitting very close to one another. It's very small. Is it like chamber. all TV sets? It's when you get there, it's smaller it, than it looks on TV. It really is. Wow. And, and they are... Literally Literally, probably as far as we are from each other, it's about four or five metres. Yeah. And, well, we're closer than that. But, you know, it is really, really close. And, and you do see them pointing right in their faces. It's very adversarial. I just think it's just so ridiculous yesterday. He's doing very, the man's doing a very important speech. Oh, no, album. It's a bit of theatre, isn't it, really? Speaking of theatre, that's what this show's all about. And magical it is, magical it was. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things starting to pick up a little now on the sensors. Harpenden is looking slow in both directions on Luton Road. Also past Dunstable, the southbound A5 is struggling a little. Public Transport First Capital Connect are running a reduced service today on the Hartford Loop line. That's before 10 o'clock this morning because of weather conditions. Tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia and London Underground, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. South Africans and millions of people around the world are mourning the death of Nelson Mandela. He died at his home in Johannesburg last night at the age of 95. David Cameron said a great light had gone out in the world. President Obama described him as influential, courageous and profoundly good. In other news this morning, former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Bedfordshire-based federation denies the allegations. The weather, mostly cloudy with sunny spells this morning, some patchy rain this afternoon, with temperatures up to 4 Celsius. On to sport and in cricket, England are facing another uphill battle to stay in the second Ashes Test in Adelaide. On day two, Australia's batsmen have again dominated, as Mark Bukach reports. 
Been a very chastening day this for England. Australia declared 570 for nine. Michael Clark, a magnificent 148, his 26th Test century. Brad Haddon, 118. They put on 200 for the sixth wicket. The number 10, Ryan Harris, enjoyed himself. 55 not out at a runner ball. They hit 12 sixes. The Australian, a record for an innings. You're getting the picture. Very hard work for England. Ben Stokes, the real plus. Two, two for 70 off 18 overs. On to football, Watford could have more players back from injury for tomorrow's championship trip to Leeds. Defender Akichi Anya could feature and midfielder Alman Abdi is close to return. The Hornets secured a draw at Burnley on Tuesday night after back-to-back home defeats. Manager Gianfranco Zola thinks his side still has more to give. What is important that uh, we learn a lot from the game we played the other day and uh, and take everything that that we we did there to the next game. But I'm sure something more will come because I, I believe that my team hasn't given, even the other day, considering it was a good game, he hasn't given uh, everything he can give. Luton Town will be without injured centre-back Alex Lacey for the conference trip to Alfreton tomorrow. It could mean a league debut for one of the loan signings made by manager John Steele last week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. Morning. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So... Nelson Mandela's died. No great surprise. We knew it was coming. We were expecting it. But uh, we're asking, are there any heroes left? Are there any left? I mean, he was, was, wasn't he the last sort of great hero in the world? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can send a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. And if you just want to give us a call as well and let us know what Nelson Mandela meant to you, you're more than welcome to. I am not in love. But I'm open to persuasion East or west Where's the best For romancing With a friend I can smile But with a lover I could hold my head back With really love, really love I could really dance, really dance, really dance, really dance. I could really move, really move, really move, really move. Now if I can feel the sun in my eyes and the rain on my face, why can't I? Little 
talking about some of the former cast members of Emmerdale Farm for various reasons. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle is over there. Good morning. Uh, now, we're looking through the papers. Now, we're in the unusual situation in that we've been delivered two sets of newspapers. Yeah. The first sets of newspapers were about 40 minutes late, uh, and they had very little mention of Nelson Mandela, and we had a note from the news agent saying, some more papers are coming soon, you will be charged for both sets. And you've just handed, well, you just brought in the, the second set of newspapers, which I've not seen yet. Yep. Um, and these have all got uh, Nelson Mandela on the front page. Gosh, there were some really um, wonderful pictures and great quotes on the front. The Independent, to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Gosh. There was a, a screening last night of the a premiere of the film. Uh, 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 about Nelson Mandela, based on his book, and uh, the Duke and who is it? What do we call them these days? The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Yes. Is he a Duke? Yes. Okay, they were there. Yeah, as I went to bed, that was what was on the on the uh, online newspapers. They were there, and various other people. And at the end of the film, sort of halfway through the film, members of Nelson Mandela's family were ushered out. And I would imagine one or two people had their phones on and they would have got news. But at the end of the film, the actor and the director came out and said, oh, well, I hope you enjoyed the film. By the way, we've just heard that Nelson Mandela's died. It's not, it's not a direct quote, but how surreal would that be? Anyway, I was listening to Five Live on the way, way in and they interviewed a woman as she came out from that screening and uh, they said, uh, so was it a shock that he died? Well, yeah, of course it was. We, did, we were watching the film and then we're told that he's died. Of course it's a shock. Strange thing to ask. I'm sure that film will... Um, 
do I, I sound cynical but it's very good business now is on the result of this won't it well I think there are a lot of people out there and they'll be listening now who think you know what I don't know enough about Nelson Mandela yep. actually yep. it's sort of thing everyone nods sagely when his name is mentioned and they all know he's a positive figure but really a lot of the background has gone a lot over people's heads over the years I think oh wait four five nine four double five five double five if you want to give us your thoughts uh, on that there's so there's relatively little and we've not had much time to look at these newspapers there's relatively little else uh, in the newspapers, I've found a couple of bits and pieces. A couple of bits and pieces. He said frantically flicking through the papers to try and find the pages that he'd folded over. Where on earth are they? I just had them, for goodness sakes. Hang on. Calm down. Don't panic, Mr Mannering. Don't panic. Nope, not there. 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 Nope, not this there. This is fascinating Hang radio, on. isn't it? Nope, not there. Nope, not there. Nope, not there. Nope, not there. Ah, here. Got it. <laughs> Christmas there it is. T- repeats on Christmas. The, the Daily Mail, uh, as the Daily Express was yesterday, is furious that there, there are repeats on Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Is repeats. You want a couple of good movies. You want someone to get killed in EastEnders or Danny Dyer to appear, thereby killing the entire series. Uh, and you want loads of repeats. So Christmas Day. Um, what have we got on Christmas Day? Oh, it doesn't even have Christmas... Oh, here we go. Christmas Day. There's not that many repeats on Christmas Day. Um, oh, no, they've got good stuff on Christmas Day. Have they really? Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one. Yeah. I've never seen the Harry Potter film. Oh, God, no, actually, they've got terrible stuff. Uh, on Monday, the 23rd of December, BBC Two, Jane Eyre film. Oh, oh I like that. Oh, for goodness what? sakes. Uh, Christmas Day, Channel 4, Bears Wild Weekend with Stephen Fry or Heston's Great British Food... Puddings. Oh, for goodness. Because we won't have enough food over that. None of our rubbish. Christmas, the, Christmas repeats. December the 23rd. BBC One. Fools and Horses. Yeah, of course. Oh. Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's a classic. Toy Story 2. Come on, it's brilliant. Vicar of Dibley. My wife likes, likes the last 30 seconds of that. Indiana Jones. Yeah, whatever. Good uh, Two Ronnies. Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. Dad's Army. This is all classic. Welcome and Wise. It'll be on there somewhere. Of course it will. These are all classic... Uh, the, they're complaining that the snowman is being repeated on Christmas Day at 1.40. Hang on, there's a limited period in which you can play the snowman. Where are your hearts? Is there going to be a new Christmas cartoon? You know, last year we had Room on the Broom, the year before, Gruffalo's Child. Uh, yeah, I love those be. cartoons. Yeah, I do like a good Christmas cartoon. What have you got? Uh, well, there's... Again, there's... So, oh, you've got that? I don't want to look at that. Uh, Steve Davis with a palm leaf over his... It's a, it's a palm leaf over his uh, private. It's not just a palm. That would be a photo... <laughs> Wouldn't it? Hey, if you want to make... Um, do you want to make some new friends? Uh, always. OK. Well, buy yourself a dog. Oh. Make one, yeah, exactly. Want to make three new friends, buy yourself a dog, says the male. As a man's best friend, it should come as no surprise. Dogs, it seems, really are good for friendship. With owning one, adding an average of three t- chums to your social circle. That's pro- true. It's like children. Yeah. The problem is, though, you're only going to become friends with the kind of people that own dogs other dog owners i don't want to be friends with those losers um have you ever met friends through y- your children i mean uh, just wi- random my, wi- my wife has yeah so i told you about my new friend i met in the post office oh yeah you, we're you, good friends now we see each other every week you've got a spanish friend yeah she's uh, she's from chile but you, she's using you you're using her no we're not using each other we're fu- we're having fun times you're just using her to practice your spanish well it's a, it's an added benefit but i think everyone has friends my wife has with made friends added benefits don't they no my <laughs> wife has made friends through my children and i'm really i've really not got much time you're not keen i'm not keen on people uh, well i know that you're very picky 
Pesticides are blamed as the turtle dove faces extinction in ten years. Bye-bye, turtle dove. I mean, they, they, we hear about all these... I wouldn't recognise one. What do they look like? It looks like that. Oh. All of the, we hear about all these animals that are becoming extinct. Did you know, this is a fact, 99% of all animals that have, or creatures that have ever existed are extinct? So the polar bears, the turtle doves, the monkey... Who cares? No, the monkeys are still pretty much out there, I think. Three of them are. They are who cares about these things, really? Really? I think we have to accept that, you know, if we just got rid of all animals, then the world would be a better no, place. No, I like animals. They add an element of mayhem. That's children you're thinking of. Well, you know, they both do, but animals never grow up. OK. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. That's it, we're finished. Oh. Well, no, don't sound disappointed you didn't get to do a story. You just sat there flicking away. Well, because... <sighs> All right, go on, you, you, you can find a story before we go Diving to the... star Tom Daly's head over here. I mean, that's not news, we, is we it? We know he's it's, gay, it, we know he's, he's in love He's doing with some fella. diving and he's with a fellow. Alice, I will be with you in a second. We're just waiting for um, Catherine to find a story. Is that OK? Kate, Katie Hopkins. That's absolutely fine. Thank Thanks, you very Alice. much, Alice. Very Kate, patient. Katie Hopkins is saying, isn't it great Nigella's not so perfect after all? It's fine, it's please. not news, is it? It's not... Alice Glossop is waiting. Um, Sorry, Alice. Um, paramedics dash to the home of Man United star Shinji Kagawa when he was stricken by breathing problems after no, the Champions lost to Everton. There's no such man. I'm going to put there you out, is. I'm going to put you out of your misery, Catherine. This isn't working. Uh, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Alice oh, is embarrassed. The world's first underground cricket match has taken place between village sides in a slate mines floodlit cavern 2,000 feet below. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking on speed sensors in Beaconsfield, Amersham Road, southbound at the roundabout with the A40 is struggling a little bit. The M25 starting to build up anti-clockwise between 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield through the roadworks. Public Transport First Capital Connect have a reduced service this morning on the Hartford Loop line before 10am. That's because of the weather conditions. Tickets are going to be accepted on Greater Anglia and London Underground though. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, 6.46, it's Friday the 6th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. Former teachers for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. In cricket, a few moments ago, England were on 13 for 1 on the second day of the second test in Adelaide. Give us a call. What did Nelson Mandela mean to you? How will you remember him? And who are your heroes? Are there any living heroes left? 08459 455 555. We'll take your calls after we get the latest weather from Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Today's going to be a much calmer day. We've still got that northwesterly wind, but it's a lot lighter than it was yesterday. Expected to stay that way too. Now, we do have some showers feeding down through the uh, through the Cheshire Gap, actually, but I expect most of them to have died away by the time they get to us, but still perhaps the risk of some showers across northern areas of Bedfordshire in particular, perhaps uh, some places in Hertfordshire as well. Just the risk of them. I think most places are going to stay dry for the rest of the day today. There'll be variable amounts of cloud, but also some 
some brightness and some spells of sunshine but we're into much cooler air now so temperatures aren't going to get very far at all probably only to between four possibly as high as five or six degrees celsius 43 in fahrenheit it is going to feel cooler so as we head into this evening and overnight uh, things will cloud over we may just see a few more showery outbreaks of rain at times many places dry though because of the cloud cover not quite as chilly tonight so temperatures dropping to around three two or three degrees i think in many of the towns perhaps just a touch of rural frost with the light winds and then into the weekend we've got some milder air coming our way so it is going to feel a touch nicer there'll be some brightness around on saturday perhaps even some spells of sunshine temperatures up to eight or nine degrees for the most part a cloudier day on sunday but dry all weekend and really quite settled too into next week that's the forecast ian Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer. They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurement and it just will not fit. A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the highways. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy. Oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not be affected. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Introducing is a show here on the Three Counties. Why should I talk about it when Kelly Betts works on it and could talk a whole lot better about it? Kelly Betts. Hi. Hi, tell us about BBC Introducing. So, BBC Introducing is dedicated to the unsigned and upcoming musicians of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. And we have a show every Saturday evening from 8 that supports them and shows off their talent. Their musical talent. Their musical talent. In case there's any confusion there. And each week we pick a track and we add it to the three counties playlist so that everybody else can hear the sort of stuff what they can hear on a saturday but you know spread across the week you know Kelly, why are you pulling the face Catherine? the sort of stuff what you can hear mm. yeah and no, i'm sorry about that it's early isn't it she's still? considering the stuff that's been fa- falling out of her mouth this morning she's so lucky she's got an open <laughs> microphone and i'm hovering over this fader so who have we got this week i heard this um i heard roberto playing this the other day did you like it uh, I, um, oh, I heard Roberto playing this the other week. I really like it. It's by Sean Grant and the Wolfgang from Milton Keynes, and this is their new single called I Am the Devil.
Devil by Sean Grant and the Wolfgang. They're from Milton Keynes. Kelly, if I wanted to go and see them, I say, I don't know, maybe this weekend, which I can't because I'm busy, where where could I I see them? Funnily enough, they are launching this, their new single, at the Crawford Arms in Milton Keynes this coming Saturday. I am busy then, but I wish them the very best of luck. Thank you very much, Kelly Betts. Um, Um... Sorry... Susan Swan from Dunstable has emailed in. Is this a genuine email, Catherine, or is this one of the ones you do? It certainly is. It's a genuine email from someone who obviously has a soul. Why don't you read it out? Well, no, I think it would be rather immodest of me to do so. Hi, Ian. Think you were out of order this morning with Catherine. It's spelt with a K. With a C. She spelled it with a C. Well, I know. You spell it with a K. Never mind. So, potato, potato. Facebook is full of pictures of the sunrise this morning and how fabulous it was. What? I got to work with loads off people saying, did you see the sky this morning? You are such a cynic. I think you owe her a huge apology. Susan Swan from Dunstable. What on earth is this woman blathering on about? Well, she's right about the apology for for numerous infractions. But But what is she talking about, sunrise... Spectacular skies. I, I think she's missed what I was talking about, which was the fireball. You you claim you saw a fireball, and I'm saying the inverted commas and italics is, uh, in my head. Uh, it was a meteor. I think we had that confirmed. You are basically you're being supported by people who haven't got a clue what they're supporting you for. Is that wrong? If anything, both you, Catherine, and you, Susan Swan, owe me an apology. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. 08459 455 555. Uh, well, as you know, Nelson Mandela passed away uh, um, last night. I think it was about 10 to 9 uh, at the age of 95. We can now hear a, a montage of Nelson Mandela talking about his own life in his own words. The fellow acted with me. He used to say to me, Leave Walter Sesolo alone. You will spend the rest of your life in jail if you associate with him. And that's what happened. But I didn't listen to him because I was now fired up. That uh, this is the role that I should play. There are many people who feel that it is useless and futile for us to continue talking peace and non-violence against a government whose reply is only savage attacks on an unarmed and defenseless people. I want to say that the suggestion made by the state in its opening 
that is starting in South Africa is under the influence of foreigners or communists is wholly incorrect. I have done whatever I did both as an individual and as a leader of my people. I have cherished the idea of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an idea for which I hope to live for. But my Lord, if it needs be, it is an idea for which I am prepared to die. When we were sent to jail, we had the feeling that we had been victorious and that the people who actually were the accused were the government itself. And that kept us very much alive. And then when we noticed that the ideas for which we had committed our lives were still very much alive, even though we are in jail, we also got a lot of strength as a result. The A414 busy around Upton Road and the M25 going anti-clockwise is heavy at the junction 16 for the M40. Public Transport First Capital Connect have disruption between Finsbury Park and Welling Garden City. We've got reports that's because of a tree on the line. There's also a reduced service this morning on the Hartford Loop. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. 
you very much. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. What are you after? Tea bags? Okay, I can do that. I'll tell you what, let me just... Let me sort of... Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95. Former teachers at Barnfield Federation speak out and two teenagers due in court over loot and murder. BBC Three Counties Radio. South Africa's first black president, Nelson Mandela, has died. He was 95. Mr Mandela passed away peacefully at his home in Johannesburg where he was being treated for the recurrence of a lung infection. The South African president, Jacob Zuma, said the nation had lost its greatest son and its people had lost their father. Crowds have gathered on the streets outside Mr Mandela's home in Johannesburg from where our correspondent, Milton Ngozi, reports. The crowds have come in their numbers to pay tribute to their leader, Nelson Mandela. That is where Mr Mandela passed away peacefully, as President Jacob Zuma said. But the ANC supporters are here singing liberation songs. They are singing songs about Nelson Mandela. One of the songs that they've been singing all night is Nelson Mandela, There Is No One Like You. Mandela's goddaughter, Tanya von Alderfelt, lives in Berkhamsted. Her father stood trial with Nelson Mandela when her mother was pregnant. She recalls meeting him in 2001. I was just mesmerised by this man. He was very tall and had the most sparkling eyes I've ever met in my life. A total aura of energy and love and total acceptance. That was the thing that came across most strongly. In other news this morning, former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Bedfordshire-based federation denies the allegations. An investigation into the college and the federation by the Department for Education is ongoing and due to be published later this month. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has more. The claims come from former teachers at one of the schools taken over by the Barnfield Federation. They say they were told to help pupils rewrite coursework until it was of sufficient standard to achieve at least a C grade. They claim the practice was particularly common in English and maths. The Federation strongly denies this happened at any establishment and refutes these claims. Two 18-year-olds from Luton are due in court this morning, accused of stabbing another teenager to death. 19-year-old Mika Urquhart died in Hastings Street on September the 13th. Raka Eunice from Queen's Close and Paul Lynham from Midland Road have both been charged with murder. A woman's been taken to hospital after a fire on her narrowboat in Hertfordshire. Firefighters were called to the canal at Bullbourne near Tring at a quarter to one this morning. The woman was suffering from the effects of breathing in smoke. In cricket, a few moments ago, England were on 27 for one on the second day of the second Ashes Test in Adelaide. Alistair Cook was bowled out for three. Earlier, Australia declared on 570 for nine. The weather, a bright and frosty start with a cold wind, a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning with a high of four Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. 
If you want to change from the same old high street chains, find something a bit different, then definitely come to Hitchin. All this week in Hitchin. It's a community, and that's something that we were not used to. It's just a really diverse place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, although, of course, the main story is the passing of Nelson Mandela. We'll be uh, finding out from various people who knew the man what impact he had, but also your memories as well. 08459 455 555. And we're also asking, are there any heroes left? We'll also be bringing you the latest on the investigation into practices within the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation. We understand that the government's looking into various accusations, including grade massaging at its facilities. If you want to take part in the show, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. Steve, what would you like to say? Um, I'd like to say two things, really. One, I love you in a non-gay way. Um, but regarding Mr Mandela... Yes, I always, like it when not- so- I always like it when someone says Mr. That means they're about to insult them. Yes, go on. Um, I'm just under Sorry. the impression um, that he was a convicted terrorist. Right. So, should we really be celebrating convicted terrorists? But he was—he uh, was convicted. But who—who who convicted him? No, you can tell me. Uh, well, a, a racist uh, 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 organisation, a racist government that was uh, built on apartheid. So he was innocent, was he? No, I'm not saying that for a second. But I, but what I'm saying is that, that there are people that had a reason to keep him in prison. Uh, yeah, I know, but maybe he was in prison because he committed a crime. Yeah, but do you not agree that the, the apartheid situation in South Africa was appalling? I certainly do. Right. Do you not? Uh, would you not think then that the people in power would have a reason? His crimes to one side would have a reason to keep him in prison for an extended period of time and sully his name. Yes, I agree. Do you not think that the things he achieved once he came out of prison were remarkable? Yes, I do. That's who we're celebrating. Mm, I still think when you've got a past that wasn't quite squeaky clean that it's a bit more uncomfortable to celebrate someone. He freed millions of people. He was um, uh, uh, the figurehead responsible for the destruction of the awful apartheid system and the apartheid system that happened within my living memory that my government supported he's responsible for breaking that down and uh, creating huge huge changes. You don't think that that's worth acknowledging and celebrating? I think it is a little. A little? But to call him a hero, 
A little, I've been Steve. Pushing it a little bit, Steve. But the thing is, you've not lived under a racist regime where you are, are um, you know, your nose is pushed into the ground and your family members are killed and, and beaten for no reason, have you? He helped with other people. He helped uh, in some way go towards rescuing those people. Yeah, he, he's done some great things. Um, but before he did the great things, he obviously clearly did some things that I'm sure most people would be ashamed about. OK, see. certainly should be. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 08459-455-555. Well, we can... Uh find out more about that now, we can speak to Paul Truella, who is a South African journalist and a political activist who lives in Aylesbury. Morning, Paul. Hello, hi. Paul, when you hear comments like that from Steve, and there, there have been a few, I know that Twitter is not the most friendliest of places, as, as, as Guy said. Let's, let's address the Nelson Mandela as a terrorist issue. Right. Um, he, he was convicted of having uh, played a leadership role in forming an underground military organization which uh, initiated what were um, military actions not directed at people but which later did develop into uh, uh, warfare type conditions against the uh, minority regime of white people that had dictatorial power in South Africa. Now. The English Civil War involved a war of Parliament against the king of this country, uh, which led finally to the execution of that king. Yet it is a matter that is regarded as one of the founding events in parliamentary democracy in this country. In the same way, the United States involved a war against the governing power that was the governing power of this country and that is highly celebrated in the united states in the in in france a revolution took place which established the current republic that too is celebrated in france there are periods in the life of societies in which a dominating ruling power become so entrenched and so unable to reform itself or be reformed by the people when it uh, preserves itself through a reign of violence, when the decision is taken that only a war can overthrow it. A civil war of that kind is a horrible event in the life of any country leading to the death of many people. But that decision has been taken in many nations in different periods of time. It was taken in South Africa, and Nelson Mandela was one of the prime people who took that decision. And uh, he is hugely respected in his own country for having done so. Another thing that, I mean, uh, that uh, Nelson Mandela is famous for, of course, is his forgiveness, isn't it, of those people that did perpetrate that regime? That is quite true. Uh, Having spent... Over 25 years in prison, uh, he came out of prison, and even before coming out of prison, in negotiations with the government, prepared a transition that very few people had actually thought was going to be possible. And that was a relatively peaceful transition towards non-racial government, uh, parliamentary elections on the basis of universal franchise. 
and the possibility of South Africa becoming um, a, a, a parliamentary democracy with free civil conditions in the same way that Britain is. And uh, that was an extraordinary uh, act of moral leadership. But it was not only in relation to the uh, white apartheid regime that uh, he, he took this route of reconciliation. In its uh, conflict with the apartheid regime, which it conducted in exile after it had been banned in South Africa following the massacre of nearly 70 black people who, uh, who, who, who were shot by police with automatic weapons in a place called Sharpville in uh, March 1960. Uh, when the ANC um, set up its military wing in exile and conducted uh, warfare-type operations against the South African government of various kinds. Um, it had a very top-down structure. In 1984, uh, a large number of young soldiers in the ANC army, then based in Angola, where there was a civil war going on involving Cuban troops and the South African army, uh, they, they felt that the ANC structures were top-down and undemocratic. There was what has been called a mutiny in that army uh, in a base outside the Angolan capital, Luanda, in um, February 1984, and a significant number of people who had participated in that were then put in an awful prison camp run by the ANC in northern Angola called Quattro. When... Uh, when, apartheid, uh, when, when, when the apartheid government unbanned the ANC and allowed the exiles to return, one of the people who had been imprisoned in that camp came here to Britain. I was one of the, a small number of people together with my great friend Bill McElroy, a former Labour Party councillor in Westminster, who, uh, who, who helped... Uh, somebody who had written a memoir of what had happened, a man called Amos Makongo, to come to this country. He confronted Nelson Mandela at a public meeting at the Commonwealth Institute in London in 1991 with what had happened. Mandela took a unique step at that meeting because it, after the meeting, he asked that young man to come and speak to him, and they spoke in their own first language, which is Isikosa. And Mandela found out for himself what had happened in exile, and from that he took the step, along with others, but he was the most important person who took that step of opening up a process of inquiry, commissions of inquiry, leading to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which presented its final report in 1998. And that commission took the unique step of permitting a very high degree of disclosure of brutal human rights abuses which had taken place both by the apartheid regime but also by the ANC itself. Now that was an extraordinary mm. moral act and that has set an example which is available in South Africa for the future and is available also to other countries. Well, we, we have to end it there just because we're out of time, but I could talk to you all morning. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much indeed. Paul Truella, uh, South African journalist, political activist, who lives in Aylesbury. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Your thoughts and your memories on Nelson Mandela. And also, are there any more 
living heroes. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Brent Cross, the A406 heading west. The entry slip road is partially blocked at Staples Corner after a car has broken down. In Brickywood, the north orbital is heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And the M25 anti-clockwise looking busy around the M40 Junction. On public transport, First Capital Connect have disruption on services via Welling Garden City and both Moorgate and King's Cross because of a tree on the line. There's also a reduced service running on the Hartford Loop before 10am this morning because of weather conditions. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Right, 7.16, it's Friday the 6th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. Former teachers for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. In England, uh, cricket, sorry, a few moments ago, England were 33 for one in reply to Australia's 570 for nine in the second test in Adelaide. The weather, cold, with a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning and patchy rain this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. Radio's Big Tour, coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks. When you approach it, it's all lit up and it looks beautiful. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. Everybody seems to be happy to be here. Standing here looking at the beautiful church, what more do you want? All this week in Hitchin. It's a very friendly place, everyone seems to know each other. There's a lot that are unique to Hitchin, so it's worth coming. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks all this week in Hitchin. If you want to change from the same old high street chains, then definitely come to Hitchin. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lucy's in Dunstable. Morning, Lucy. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I believe you have a, a personal connection with Nelson Mandela. What was that? <laughs> Not really personal, personal, but I'm South African. I, I, I picked that up from the accent. Exactly. Yes. Vivian, what was he saying about the word terrorist? Well, yes, we had a, uh, the caller at the, the top of the hour said that he thought it was odd that we were celebrating uh, what he called, who he, he called a terrorist. If you would ask me, being a South African, growing up without a granddad who's sitting in Robben Island with Nelson Mandela, it was a stress. Having uncles who were out of the country in exile, it was stressful. So we as South Africans, we have suffered in silence when the whole world was watching the Boers killing people. What is he talking about? Because that was Margaret Chetta, remember saying the terrorist Nelson Mandela. And yes, she apologized years later. But it didn't make difference to some of us. It didn't, Ian. Today, the sun of Africa has fallen. And unfortunately, none of the people are following his footsteps. There's a couple of things you mentioned there, Lucy. Let's just go back quickly if we can. So your grandfather was in prison well, yes. on Robin Island with Nelson yes. Mandela? Yes, and a few other more 170-something people who were there. He's one of the heroes who's still alive. He's still alive. He's 97 years of age. And how long was your granddad on Robin Island for? He was there in 1965, in 1969, until 1994. Wow. What was it like when he came out? It was beautiful. 
It was beautiful, Ian. South Africa, I remember the day they mentioned that they are coming out. We heard it from the radio in the morning coming from school. No, in the morning going to school. We never went to school that day. We were celebrating because of that evening it was a party in South Africa. We couldn't believe it. Our parents couldn't believe they will see the day, especially people who died in Alexander, the women who died for their rights, people who died asking to, be, to, to vote for South Africa. But there was nothing. The whole world was watching. The whole world was saying we were terrorists. But only few men stood and put everything down for the sake of their country. And how many people do that? Without a wall. We didn't have guns. We had a stone and a shield. And that's all our uncles and our brothers knew how to defend a bullet. He needs to go back and look at 1976. He needs to go back and read history or look at history and see how many people have suffered through the apartheid regime. How old were you, Lucy, when your grandfather was released? I was, I was born in 1976. My mathematics is killing me. So 93, so hang on, you was... 1976, yep. and it was 1990 when he... 1990. So you were about 14? Yeah, I was already 14. When and what was it like? Obviously, you'd never met him. What was it like the first time you met your grandfather? Um, it was so good. It was so good, Ian. He, we were not allowed to go on the other side. My, grand, my grandmother went with my mum. And when they came back with him from town. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. We were all crying. The whole village was crying. Everybody was crying because of they knew him. They knew him. And they knew what he stood for. And for us, he was a stranger. But to know that he's one of the people who has done this, the Susulus, we don't live far away from each other, the Susulus, all of the heroes, it was it was a village. Even if you go now in the streets of Soweto, you will see all those houses. They are called museum houses because we don't live far from each other. The men knew what they were talking about. Not this idiot who's driving on the motorway this morning and saying he doesn't know what he's, we're going through. The other thing you mentioned that was interesting, you, you, you said that, that there was um, no one in South Africa who was of the same calibre to carry on what Nelson Mandela had achieved. Do you think um, South Africa is, is, is going to be in trouble? In, politically, I think we are in trouble, politically. And uh, for, probably I'm talking of me being here for more than 15 years. But to be honest with you, uh, looking at it back home, I would have loved things to be changed so much. When I go home all the time, it's like thinking that if they could change this, if they could change this, making the poor be better helping those who can, I think, somehow, making it an equal Africa, South Africa, that we wanted it to be. I, I, I would think, personally, things haven't changed that much. And Lucy, uh, I really appreciate your call this morning. Thank you very much. It, it's very easy for, you know, for me, a white middle-class person in Britain who's, who's had it pretty easy to, uh, to, to make judgments and things like that. But hearing from, from a, a, you know, a, a black South African who has a personal involvement uh, is fascinating. Well, just, just try and sum up for, the, for those listeners like me who, are, who might be struggling to understand how important Nelson Mandela was. What, what does he, what did he mean to you? For us, he meant everything. He meant he was the father of the nation. 
He was there to tell us to say, to those who were fighting in 1976 in the struggle of the students when they didn't want to do Africans anymore. He was the reason to the people to say, we struggle in prayer. We struggle without killing no one. We struggle in what we stand for. The truth one day it will be set free. And that day I could be seen when Jesse Jackson was there saying, we are free today because of few words. Do not fight back. Do not fight back and say South Africa has come to a change. We did come to a free country. We did go to those shops where we were written. In 1980-something, shops still written blacks only, whites only. Buses were still written blacks only, buses or uh, whites only. We, 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 we became free. We became free. Yes, some of us had a privilege of a better education, but for those who had nothing, we felt for them. We, we felt the same situation which we're in. So Mandela today, we are celebrating the life of a hero. We are celebrating his life because if God didn't bring that man into earth, South Africa was going to be under somebody else. Probably the apartheid regime was going to go somewhere. And many others who fought. Today I'm proud to say, Ian, viva Nelson Mandela, viva, and may your soul rest in peace. Lucy, I really appreciate your call this morning. It's Lucy and Dunstable. Thank you very much indeed. Responding to uh, Stephen, who called up earlier on, was questioning whether we should be celebrating who he was, had termed a terrorist. And I think it's when you hear people like Lucy talking like that, you understand just how important and significant a figure he was. Uh, Josephine's in uh, Watford. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning, Ian. Josephine, what would you like to say? Really, you know, I couldn't have been... What you've actually heard from Lucy was so eloquently put about Nelson, Mr Nelson Mandela, that it's so hard to even match that. I think the fool who you had on this morning to call Nelson Mandela a terrorist, to not understand the impact this man has had, not only in South Africa, but across the world, is absolutely fundamental. And this is... You've got an idiot there who can't... Does he not understand history? He couldn't even begin to be able to understand the pain that people went through. I mean, I, I'm sitting here in my car and I'm, and I'm almost crying with Lucy to understand the pain that she had gone through. But not only her, but people across the world who suffered. And here is this man who's going to talk about Nelson Mandela being a terrorist and nobody's got a squeaky clean path, has he? Who on earth has a squeaky clean path? We've all maybe done one or two things we think maybe we shouldn't have done that. But does that mean that we are measured by that as an individual? The man is an absolute idiot. And I really do think that someone like that needs to be able to go and learn. He needs to go and understand history. He would not be able to understand the pain. He wouldn't be able to empathise at all. I think it's absolutely disgrace that someone like that should see Nelson Mandela as a terrorist. Josephine, stay there. not the man. Josephine, stay there a second, uh, and I appreciate your passion. Phil's in High Wycombe. Phil, what would you like to say about Nelson Mandela? Hi, Ian. Morning. Um, hi, Ian. Um, just a quick one. It's, it's, I don't want to um, decry anything what's happened, what people are saying, and all of the tributes that people are doing to Nelson Mandela. I think, I think that's, that's wonderful, and, and it's, oh, it's understandable. But? Um, but I think it's why it can't get away from it. I mean, everywhere I go this morning, every radio station I go on, you just, there's other things going on in the world as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's very, very sad, and I'm not for one minute trying to disrespect the bloke or anything like that, 
But I mean, there are other news stories going on as well. I mean, you just can't get away from it. I mean, I bet you JVS will be banging on about it as well after nine. I mean, it's just going on and on well, and let's, on. Let's put that to Josephine. Josephine, are, are we banging on about it too much? There, there are other news stories? Isn't this extraordinary? This is a major event that has actually happened of an individual who's had a phenomenal impact across the world. And he's going to complain that we are actually talking about a great leader. I, I don't understand him at all. Don't, don't actually try and be someone who patronizes what's gone on here. This is a time about celebrating a man who is talking, who wanted to talk about and led on peace for all people. He wasn't focusing just on black people. This was about rights for everyone. And this, you're going to say it's all over the place. Well, so bloody what? This is the time to be able to understand that this is a man who created so much passion for other people to understand his suffering that he's gone through. Well, Josephine, to be able Josephine, to now come out the other end. Josephine, let Phil leave, let, the, leave the nation, and he's going to turn around and say, "We are get let, all over the place." Josephine, no, no, let no, no, Phil. No, no, let, Josephine, wrong. just I'm, let I'm Phil respond. Phil? I'm, I'm not complaining. I, I, I did say. In the beginning, that it, it's so terrible. Let, let, him, respo- let him respond. Let him respond, Josephine. Let him respond. What is my point? Well, I mean, by all means, you know, give the blood tributes and everything like that. No one's ever saying not to do anything like that. But there are other things going on as well. I mean, give it, give it, ten, fifteen minutes, all, and all the all the nice things that they've done about him on the, you know, some of the things that he said. You know, he's obviously a very intelligent, very clever man. You can hear that, and it's sad that he's gone, but. By all means, give it 10, 15 minutes, and then obviously, you know, move on to do other news stories as well. You know, this is just going on and on and on. That's, I've never once disrespected him. I'm not ever saying that at all. Do you not think, though, Phil, that he was such a huge figure in world politics, in the, the likes of which we haven't seen for a while and probably won't see again for a while, that it does warrant uh, this amount of attention? Well, not all morning, no. Not all morning. What, what other stories would you like us to talk about? Well, I mean, the, the other stuff that you normally talk about, the, the local stuff and the other things that are actually going on as well as this. Well, we're talking you know, about the Barnfield Academies and Federation. Uh, all right, one other story then, you know, and, or whatever. I mean, I mean, I, I think I'd be interested to see how many other people actually agree with me. As I say, I'm not disrespecting it at all. I'm just putting an opinion. You Phil, know? Th- we've got to end it there. Thank you very much. Phil in High Wycombe, thinking we're hearing too much about it. And Josephine, thank you very much for your passion. A lot of passion this morning. A category uh, D slipped out there. Apologies if anyone was offended, but I'm sure you can understand uh, the circumstances. But I know what it's like when we have young ears in the car and something pops out. But... Uh, Phil, thank you. Josephine, thank you. And of course, thank you to uh, Lucy uh, in Dunstable. 08459 455555. It's 7.30. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking busy on the sensors heading away from Clop Hill on the eastbound A507. In Brent Cross, the A406 heading west entry slip road is partially blocked at Staples Corner after a car has broken down. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public Transport First Capital Net are running a reduced service on the Hartford Loop Line before 10 today. That's because of the weather conditions. There's also a tree on the line just south of New Barnet, which is blocking one of the northbound lines, causing disruption on services via Welling Garden City from both Moorgate and King's Cross. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. News and sport now. Here's Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's 7.31. South Africans and millions of people around the world are mourning the death of Nelson Mandela. He died at his home in Johannesburg last night at the age of 95. David Cameron said a great light had gone out in the world. President Obama described him as influential, courageous and profoundly good. Former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Bedfordshire-based federation denies the allegations. The weather, mostly cloudy with sunny spells this morning, some patchy rain this afternoon with temperatures up to 4 Celsius. On to sport and in cricket, England are struggling on the second day of the second Ashes test in Adelaide. Australia declared on 570 for nine with centuries for Michael Clarke and Brad Haddon. A few moments ago, England were on 31, 33 for one in reply. Captain Alistair Cook was bowled by Mitchell Johnson for just three. In football, Watford could have more players back from injury for tomorrow's championship trip to Leeds. Defender Ikechi Anya could feature and midfielder Alman Abdi is close to a return. The Hornets secured a draw at Burnley on Tuesday night after back-to-back home defeats. Luton Town will be without injured centre-back Alex Lacey for the conference trip to Alfreton tomorrow. It could mean a league debut for one of the loan signings made by manager John Still last week. The boss says he wouldn't be afraid of playing any of them. All three of them under consideration. I mean, people haven't seen Alfie yet. Alfie is what might be classed as a typical centre-half. Lacey won't be fit, so we'll be without him. So all three of them definitely, definitely will be in and around it. And the founder of Hertfordshire Mavericks netball club, Gloria Keach, won the East Ring Region's BBC Sports Unsung Hero Award last night. Keach has also been involved in netball in Bedfordshire for 40 years. She won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Heart Sports Awards dinner last night and she will now be going to the BBC Sports Personality of the Year show. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, a few discerning voices. Most of you... Um uh, most of you uh, glad that we're talking about Nelson Mandela. A few of you uh, disappointed. Christina has uh, put on Facebook, Ma- Mandela was a world leader. This is local radio. There is a huge local story with floods. What's happening on the East Coast? Well, he, he was a world leader, Christina, but, but a world leader that, that changed the world, that changed our world. Now, again, it's hard for us as white middle-class people to appreciate exactly what that change was. But he has changed the world. Um, and the floods... I, don't, I think the, the, the weather has kind of calmed down. We'll get the latest to find out if there have been any floods. Christina, if you know about some floods, could you let us know? Uh, I know that the, uh, the, the weather was pretty rotten last night, thoroughly rotten. A couple of lives were lost in various parts of the country. Floods? We'll find out, Christina, but I'm not completely sure about that. I wait 459 four double five five double five, and uh, Alan has emailed, I agree with Phil, let's move on. Uh, and um, a couple of texts. Um, Stuart and Milton Keynes. Ian, I get that the world is mourning for Nelson Mandela, but where's the rest of the news? Like hundreds of families affected by the storms last night and will be having a rubbish Christmas. Stuart and Milton Keynes. And uh, talking about heroes, Peter from Kensworth says, of course there are more heroes. Every fireman who's risked his own life to save another person's life is a hero. Come to think of it, I would say any person who risks their own mortality to save someone's life is a hero. 
Wise words indeed from uh, Peter and Kensworth. 08459 Now, it's been alleged that teachers at the Barnfield Federation Education Institutions were made to spoon-fed pupils' coursework to get better grades, a BBC Three Counties investigation has found. The subjects include GCSE maths and English. The Bedfordshire-based College and Federation is currently being investigated by the Department for Education. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has the story. What's the new allegation? Well, Ian, uh, we know that the College and Federation is being investigated over allegations of grade massaging and its operational finances. Um, We understand, too, that there have been allegations of bullying of staff made to the Department for Education. They won't confirm, as in the Department won't confirm anything, saying it's only investigating the College and the Federation it's taking the allegations seriously. What we've found out is that whistleblowers who've come forward to us, former teachers at one of the academies, uh, contacted us here at Three Counties Radio after you interviewed Stephen Hall the chief executive at the end uh, of, uh, of October. And the ones I've spoken to, as I say, are former teachers of academies. Uh, I did a long interview with two of them last week. This is an excerpt from our interview with the whistleblowers, which goes on to explain what they're alle- alleging. What were you expected to do? Um, get, getting students' grades by whatever it takes. Some colleagues felt really uncomfortable with that in that basically it was demanded, expected to spoon feed students to get the grades. They would be continually rewriting pieces of coursework, controlled assessment. Um, You know, they'd take the students off timetable for core subjects in particular and then just spend, you know, a week making sure they rewrote it, rewrote it, rewrote it until they'd achieved those grades. Some of the teachers felt they weren't really teaching. They were saying, you need to put this in, you need to put this in. You know, it really goes against our ethical code as a teacher. And actually, you're not doing well by the students either. Now, that's the voice of an actress, uh, not the uh, whistleblower. Now, controlled assessments and courseworks have fairly strict conditions, Ian. Um, One example saying that if students do any work on the actual task prior to the assessment taking place, the teacher must not mark or comment on it, as this would be seen as drafting and redrafting. Um, Now, the Barnfield Federation tell us it does not recognise the picture being painted by these accusations and strongly refutes these claims. They say this does not happen at any of their institutions. They say that the investigation by the Department for Education is into operational procedures at the college and the federation and not anything to do with the academies. Uh, Also allegations made by the whistleblowers that they couldn't put any of these concerns to the Department for Education. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We know that the investigations have been in Bedfordshire taking witness statements over a number of days. Um, uh, However, when some of these people have wanted to speak to the Department for Education. They found it very difficult, as, uh, as this whistleblower tells us. Um, yeah, I did try ringing them, and it was really difficult. The person at the end of the line at the Department for Education sort of said, I don't know who you need to speak to. I felt like I was going round in circles, so I gave up. What's been the reaction to these claims? Well, we've heard concern from local MPs this week, and further afield, Ed Miliband told me that he was worried about the allegations that the teachers have made. Well, I am concerned about the allegations, and of course they've got to be properly looked at, all of the allegations uh, around this, this chain. And I think it is an illustration of the wider problem that there is, which is that Michael Gove believes that you can run all of Britain's schools, academy schools and free schools, from central government. That's thousands of schools. 
actually what you need is local accountability as well because that is really really important for holding schools to account and making sure that we have proper financial management proper systems and proper processes in place at all of our schools. That's what our kids deserve. That's what parents have a right to expect. Michael Gove, the Education Secretary, has been responding to some of these complaints too. Yes, as we know, the department hasn't really said very much about this, only that short statement that I read a moment ago. Speaking recently in Suffolk, Michael Gove denied the academy system didn't have the right amount of oversight. I think our system is working. Um, At the moment, we're investigating some allegations that have been made about uh, a variety of things that happened um, at Barnfield. Until that investigation concludes, I don't think I can comment on it. It wouldn't be fair to any of the people involved. One of the things that we have found, though, is that when other complaints have been made about things that have been going wrong in other schools, the the department and its agencies have been as quick to investigate them, if not quicker, than other local authorities. But obviously, if there are people who feel that uh, their attempt to blow the whistle or to register complaints uh, haven't been handled properly, then... A, I'm concerned about it, and B, I want to make sure that they get a proper answer. Barnfield has denied any wrongdoing throughout this process, hasn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's always said that the investigations relate to the past, and of course, last uh, sort of earlier this week, sorry, that we had um, uh, the the former sort of uh, director general of the federation, Sir Peter Burkett, who founded the federation in 2007, resigned from his role uh, at an international school, saying that uh, in order that this issue doesn't become an undue distraction for his colleagues and the work of Gems, he decided to write, resign from the position. Now he said when he moved on from the federation in July this year. Uh, the interim results were the highest ever. They were there in a healthy financial reserves and the reshaping of the, of the college would put the organisation in a solid position moving forward. So robust words from him. Paul, thank you. Stay there just a second. I'm joined now by Tony Callahan, who's a former Bedfordshire teacher, union spokesman and education advisor. Good morning, Tony. Are you surprised at all by this? No, no. Good morning. Good morning. No, not surprised at all. And in fact, as a former, you know, head teacher uh, in Bedfordshire, uh, I'm sure if I dis- if I described uh, an investigation by the government into my finances and, uh, as you say, allegations of grade massaging, uh, if I described that to my governors as an undue distraction, I think they'd have probably sacked me. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, I, there are tremendous pe- pressures on uh, teachers, heads of department in all schools, not just academies and free schools, etc. Uh, these days to actually climb those the, the greasy pole of the, of the league tables and it doesn't surprise me at all i mean again pressure from government for academies to be you know to be to be top of the pile as it were um it doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all and i think it's very very sad day that it seems to me from what i've uh, what i've investigated that you know some of these uh, teachers, some of the rank and file teachers, some of those who've actually uh, now resigned, uh, were actually <laughs> bullied, if you like, into uh, trying to improve the grades of the well, students. Well, these are the allegations we made. Barnford, of course, uh, yeah. denied that. Uh, we've got a tweet from Andrew who says, uh, most schools coached pupils to raise grades over the last decade or longer. Is, is that common practice, do you think? I think it was. I think, I mean, uh, you know, uh, not just, um, th- I think under, under, the, uh, under the Blair and Brown governments, there was tremendous pressure uh, for, you know, for schools, for, for education, if you like, to, uh, you know, after Tony Blair's... Uh, Education, 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 tremendous pressure to actually improve the, uh, the grades at uh, GCSE and A level. And I think that the, you know, that 
Teachers were encouraged, if you like, to teach to the test to improve the results. And this is one reason, of course, why, why Michael, Grove, uh, Michael Gove is actually uh, going to revamp the whole system and, in fact, do away with coursework. That's one of the reasons being you're suggesting because perhaps children were getting too much help or coaching on their coursework. Absolutely, yes. Tony, thank you very much indeed. Tony Callahan, former Bedfordshire teacher, union spokesman, education uh, advisor. But Barnfield didn't want to be interviewed by the BBC before the publication of the report. They've sent us a statement, haven't they, Paul? Yeah, that's right. The Federation, they say, does not recognise the picture being painted by these accusations and strongly refutes these claims. They say our students are our lifeblood and follow a personalised learning programme suited to their individual needs and aimed at developing rounded young people who will reach their potential prepared for the world of work. They go on to say that the current investigation is not about education standards, it's about operational issues, and any lessons about how things were done in the past will be learned, implemented and adhered to. They say that we are already in the process of making sure that Barnfield is fit for the future and not held back by its past. If I remember correctly, when we spoke to Stephen Hall, the uh, chief exec of Barnfield, he, he was the gentleman that said he would come back after the report, I think, didn't he? Yes, yes indeed, and um, I've spoken subsequently, I've had a lot of conversations with representatives of the Federal over the last couple of uh, weeks and um, they say that they would be very happy to come back on and uh, and defend the uh, the federation uh, after the publication of the report which clearly you know from the statement they've given us they're setting up to show that uh, it's it you know these and they've always said that these are historical allegations that have been made about them um you know they've always denied that the academies are involved but obviously the whistleblowers that all of the whistleblowers we've spoken to have been involved in the academy system mm. uh, and not in uh, in the college so it is you know uh, it, we will see what happens. I with look the forward to speaking to them, but just to uh, reiterate, of course, Barnfield deny all of these allegations. Yes, indeed. Paul Scoins, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Uh, a call, uh, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR on uh, Twitter. The quadrant says Nelson Mandela is newsworthy because he fought for equality with white middle classes too. Well, he fought. He, he fought for equality, so the equality covers everybody doesn't it? Your calls on Nelson Mandela and are there any more heroes left in the world? BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking slow in Beaconsfield on the A40 southbound. That's at Park Lane. In Brent Cross, the A406 heading west. The entry slip road there is partially blocked at the M1 Junction 1 Staples Corner after a car has broken down. M25 anti-clockwise looking very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect have a reduced service on the Hartford Loop line today. That's up until 10 o'clock this morning because of weather conditions. Tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia and London underground though. There's also a tree on the line just south of New Barnet blocking one of the northbound lines which is causing some disruption on services via Welling Garden City. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much.
Right, 7.46, it's Friday the 6th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. Former teachers for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. In cricket, at close of play on the second day of the second test in Adelaide, England were on 35 for one in reply to Australia's 570 for nine. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Let's get the latest weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Well, it's a much calmer day today than it was yesterday. The northwesterly wind is certainly an awful lot lighter and it will continue to lighten through the course of the day too. Now, temperature-wise, we started off on around 2 or 3 degrees, so not quite as cold as we were originally expecting. Actually, a little bit of a bonus there. Uh, some spells of brightness and sunshine around just the small chance of one or two showers just clipping northern areas of Bedfordshire, I think, in particular, some showers just working their way down on that northwesterly wind but it's a very small risk of a shower most places are going to stay dry there will be some brightness and some sunshine quite a lot of cloud around at times though and temperatures on the chilly side we're only looking at highs of around well between four and perhaps as high as six degrees 43 in fahrenheit later on through the afternoon overnight tonight then we'll see things cloud over somewhat temperatures um, again down to around two or three degrees i think uh, for most places we might just get a touch of rural frost where we do see some clearer spells. Uh, just a few um, outbreaks of rain always possible as well, just coming in on the wind. And for the weekend, it's looking a lot milder. Temperatures are going to climb again all the way up to 8 or 9 degrees by Saturday and on Sunday. It's going to be a dry weekend. There'll be some good brightness, perhaps some sunny spells around on Saturday. Sunday, cloudier and generally settled into next week. Thank you very much. Now, Christina Pierce, who is, is um, upset that we're talking about Nelson Mandela for so much, uh, said on Facebook, Mandela was a world leader. This is local radio. There is a huge local story with floods. Now, it's the first I've heard of it. What is happening on the East Coast, she goes on to say. Well, I haven't heard of any floods within the three counties. Have you heard of, of any floods? With it? I'm not saying there haven't been. No, I haven't I heard. Think the floods we're talking about in the national news are tidal, aren't they? So yes. they're, on the, they're on the coast. If anybody knows any different, to, to set, Christina's obviously panicking about this, so to put her mind at ease, 08459 455 555. Every weekday morning from nine. That's ghastly. It's absolutely disgraceful. Don't talk about morals because he doesn't care about the man in the street. The biggest local talking points. I found out a couple of hours later it was a murder. Over the phone they phoned me up and told me. I don't know why you're pissing on that man. The JBS Show. I feel it's out of place in this country. Let me be really frankly honest with you. Local government and government are doing a good job here. I never call in, but I feel so passionate about this topic. The JBS Show. Weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're getting lots of reaction to uh, the news that Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95. Among uh, the emails we've received was uh, from Bev Cray. She's a journalist from Luton, the Luton News and Herald and Post. Uh, Bev, it, it, it seems odd that you got in touch with us. What's your connection with Nelson Mandela? I wrote a story about Winnie Mandela a very long time ago when he was still in jail. And some of the things she said about him just made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. You so know. you got to interview Winnie Mandela? Yes, I flew out to South Africa. I was working for Woman magazine at the time. Um, and it was when she was still really a banned person. So um, 
you know, it was quite tricky getting the interview. Um, How did you sort... Um, I, I, is Woman Magazine still going? Yeah, indeed it is. I remember, well, my, Woman and Woman's Own were my mum's top reads. How did you manage to get an interview with, with uh, Winnie Mandela for Woman Magazine? Oh, you know, you just keep trying and trying wow. and trying. And, you know, it took me quite a long time to organise this. And then I flew out and I met her in um, Cape Town and we couldn't really talk there. So we went up to Johannesburg... You know, it was, yeah, but it was amazing. And you say you couldn't really talk there. Why not? Were the authorities um, monitoring? Yes, yeah, she was a banned person, but, I mean, she had then become... It was before she really went bad, and she was regarded as the mother of the nation. Yes. And, you know, she was a really feisty lady, um, and I think they just sort of kept their distance to a certain extent. And um, I know I, I interviewed her with um, a tape recorder, and then I transcribed the tape and all sorts of different things just in case I was stopped, you know, and, and wow. it all taken off me. What did, what did she tell you? What did you learn about Nelson Mandela? Um, one of the things she said was, um, you know, he never met his children um, until they were 16. I mean, he knew them, obviously, when they were small, but he was in jail for 24 of their 28-year marriage. And one of the things she said to me was um, having to introduce the, their father to the children for the first time was so painful, having to explain to a child that she has to be proud of her father behind bars. And she also said she was allowed to see him, I think, for 40 minutes a month. And she said, I always left those visits recharged. He exudes such warmth. He has such a formidable presence that being with him makes you feel liberated. He gives you incredible confidence. He builds your soul. I went for the inspiration he gave me when it should have been the other way around. Yes. And he obviously was a very... You know, we've heard from some of the callers today the passion that they, they hold for, for Nelson Mandela and for what he achieved. He obviously Absolutely. was a, a, a very inspirational gentleman. Very much so, yeah. And, you know, all your people who are saying it's not a local story, there are loads of South Africans living in this area, you know, quite apart from the fact that he was a, a world leader. You know, everyone is interested in him. Well, it would, we are getting some people saying, stop talking about a terrorist. What, what, what would uh, you say to them? Just, you know, please open your eyes to what this man achieved. You know, he, to me, he was an absolute saint. And I really don't think there's anyone to compare anywhere. Bev, I really appreciate you getting in touch with us. It's fascinating. Thank you very much. My pleasure. There we go. Bev Cray, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. The thing is, yes, it is a world story. But he has changed the world. He's changed the world that you live in. And also, I don't know if you've noticed the canny trick we're doing. Has anyone noticed the canny trick we're doing here? We're making the story local. Have you noticed that we're doing that? All you dissenters, we are getting people who are local who have a connection. What a fantastic story there. Bev Craig got in touch with us this morning. Saying, yeah, I, I, I work for a Luton newspaper. I went out to South Africa and interviewed Winnie Mandela. Lucy, who called in, who was, was very passionate, her grandfather had been in prison on Robin Island with Nelson Mandela. She lives in Dunstable. So, local and indeed vocal, I think we are ticking both of those boxes there. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... On to other stories. Uh, do you remember last week we told you about a massive hole that appeared bang outside the front door of a high Wickham takeaway? Cool Runnings was struggling 
because the electricity company decided to dig a massive hole without telling him. Well, the owner, Elroy Ray, was sitting in an empty restaurant, no customers, no food, while Southern Electric dealt with power problems next door. I know lots of you have uh, been curious to know what happened next. Well, Elroy's on the line. Good morning, Elroy. Morning. What's, what's the latest? Um, they came uh, Tuesday and put down a platform for us to, to start trading. So I appreciate that, even how, though it took so long. How, how many days did it take for them to put down a platform? Uh, nine days, eight days. See, that's absolutely incredible. And did they say anything? Did they apologise at all? Not even as much as a letter saying that they apologise for the inconvenience. Nothing at all. Um, I've been in touch with one of the um, lady in Reading. Uh, she's just trying to sort things out at the moment. So wh- how much money do you think you've lost as a result of these works? Off the top of my head, I'm just waiting on the accountant to finish off... Um, the paperwork to send to them at the moment, uh, roughly about six thousand, six thousand pounds. Wow! Wow! And uh, have they mentioned compensation at all? Are you hopeful that you'll be able to get some money off them? Well, I'm hoping because if they don't, then we just take it straight to court. Mm. Because at the end of the day, they close us without even inform us. So I'm sure they got something up the sleeve. Well, I, I hope they do. So you, you got the, the little walkway uh, uh, on Tuesday. What does the front of the shop look like now? It's OK now. They came and sorted it out. Right. So it's nice and clean back to the way it was. And you're open for business. Are, are, you, are you getting people coming in now? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. But not as fast as... Because a lot of people don't know that we're still open. So all the people ringing up and, um, you know, be informing people that we, we're still open. This must have been quite stressful for you, Elroy. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea for you to just wake up in the morning, come to open your business place, and then without any form of information, your business is basically closed. Well, Elroy, listen, I, I'm glad that, that, that you're open. I'm sure things will pick up. Do keep in touch with us and let us know whether Southern Electric do give you any compensation or anything. I will do. Thank you very much. Let's give the shop a plug again, Elroy. It's Cool Runnings. Where, where exactly is it? 160 Desborough Road. OK, well, if you, if you pop in today, tell him you, you heard him uh, on the show this morning. 08459 455 555. Thank you for that, Elroy. Uh, Sam's in Luton. Good morning, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hi, I'm Francis. Hello, Francis. Yeah, it's Francis. Francis, Hello. what would you like to say? Um, I was, he was talking about um, Nelson Mandela. We, we have mentioned him, yes. He passed away yes. last night. Yes, uh, my name's not Sam, it's Francis. Okay, Francis. Yes, um, the caller, one of the callers was saying that um, Nelson Mandela is a terrorist. The man was talking a lot of rubbish. Go on, tell me why. I don't understand why. I mean, Nelson Mandela wasn't a terrorist. He was, he was fighting for his people, trying, trying, to, build a better, build, trying to build build a better life to look for his people. Right. And why, why can't that man, why can't that man say people like Saddam Hussein was terrorist? Saddam Hussein was a terrorist, and Colonel Gaddafi, they were terrorists. Not, um, not um, Nelson Mandela. Francis, yeah. thank you very much for your call. 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Uh, let's have uh, a look here. Ian, what a great example Nelson Mandela set to other world leaders. A man of compassion and understanding that made sacrifices just so that others could be heard and bringing fairness, peace and equality to a country he loved and believed in. Shame on those whinging, selfish callers who cannot sacrifice just one day in their lives than use of a great man in our time. Men like Mr Mandela help shape the world we live in today, but unfortunately we're dogged with people who just want to get on with their own little lives that will have no impact on any of us. Pat, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. Um, lots of you having your say on Facebook. Christina, we've not heard about any floods within Beds, Hearts and Bucks yet. I know you want us to talk about the floods within Beds, Hearts and Bucks, but we've not heard of any floods within Beds, Hearts and Bucks yet. If we do, we'll let you know. Um, and uh, on the subject of heroes, Aidan says, Ian asks if there were any more heroes in the world. I say yes, Muhammad Ali is a hero to millions. Not just a great sportsman, but a man who stood for equality. He refused to be conscripted into the US Army. Um, when attempting to eat in a USA restaurant, he was told by the staff they didn't serve black men. Ali replied, don't worry, I don't eat them. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking slow around Milton Keynes, heading west on the A421, approaching the M1. That is struggling a little bit. In Brent Cross, the A406 westbound entry slip road is now clear at Staples Corner following an earlier breakdown. M25 anti-clockwise, heavy between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect have a reduced service this morning on the Hartford Loop line because of the weather conditions. There's also a tree on the line just south of New Barnet, which is blocking one of the northbound lines. Delays of up to 20 minutes on services from both Moorgate and King's Cross can be expected. I'm Alice Glossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. More of your reaction to the news that Nelson Mandela passed away. Do give us a call and we'll speak to you after the news and sport with Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, tributes to Nelson Mandela, who's died at the age of 95. Former teachers at Barnfield Federation speak out and two teenagers during court over Luton murder. BBC Three Counties Radio. South Africa's first black president, Nelson Mandela, has died. He was 95. Mr Mandela passed away peacefully at his home in Johannesburg, where he was being treated for the recurrence of a lung infection, having spent three months in hospital. He'd only been seen rarely in public since officially retiring in 2004. The South African president, Jacob Zuma, said the nation had lost its greatest son and its people had lost their father. He praised his humanity and his humility. Although we knew that this day would come, nothing can diminish our sense of a profound and enduring loss. His tireless struggle for freedom and him the respect of the world. Lucy from Dunstable grew up in South Africa. Her grandfather was imprisoned in Robin Island with Nelson Mandela. She told BBC Three Counties Radio about the day they were released. I remember the day they mentioned that they are coming out. We heard it from the radio. We never went to school that day. We were celebrating because of that evening it was a party in South Africa. We couldn't believe it. Our parents couldn't believe they will see the day. The whole world was watching. 
In other news this morning, former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoonfield pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Bedfordshire-based Federation denies the allegations. An investigation into the college and the Federation by the Department for Education is ongoing and due to be published later this month. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. The claims come from former teachers at one of the schools taken over by the Barnfield Federation. They say they were told to help pupils rewrite coursework until it was of sufficient standard to achieve at least a C grade. They claim the practice was particularly common in English and maths. The Federation strongly denies this happened at any establishment and refutes these claims. Two 18-year-olds from Luton are due in court this morning, accused of stabbing another teenager to death. 19-year-old Mika Urquhart died in Hastings Street on September the 13th. Waka Eunice from Queen's Close and Paul Lynham from Midland Road have both been charged with murder. A woman's been taken to hospital after a fire on her narrowboat in Hertfordshire. Firefighters were called to the canal at Bullbourne near Tring at a quarter to one this morning. The woman was suffering from the effects of breathing in smoke. In cricket, Australia dominated the second day of the second Ashes Test in Adelaide. Australia declared their first innings on 570 for 9. England were 35 for 1 at the close, with Michael Carberry on 20 and Joe Root on 9. The weather, a bright and frosty start with a cold wind, a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning with a high of 4 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. The shopkeepers would chat to you and then they'd remember you when you came back. If things need doing, then people do get together. All this week in Hitchens. It's lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I do like it when people think I don't recognise voices and stuff. What silly sausages there? What silly, silly sausages? Right. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been a busy morning. Thank you for all your phone calls. Another hour to get through before JVS at nine o'clock. The main story of the day, of course, Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 94. We'll be getting your reaction and hearing from people living in the three counties who've met him over the years. Some incredible stories already. Looking forward to hearing some more. Also bringing you the latest on the investigation into practices within the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation. We understand the government's looking into various accusations, including grade massaging at its facilities. If you want to take part in the show, do give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 of course. I don't know why I said 94. Oh, yes, I do. It's because Catherine wrote it down in the menu. Yeah, you... Peg your pudding. I'm sorry for the confusion. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Io's in Luton. Good morning, Io. Morning. Io, what would you like to say? Yeah, my name is Io Onotola. Yeah, I'm calling regarding uh, tributes to Nelson Mandela. Yes. Uh, I want to first mention that People coming on this program should be well informed before talking anything they like. Well, if, if, if that was a prerequisite, Io, we'd have no phone callers, let me tell you that. What, what, is, what has angered you that people have said this morning? People calling Mandela terrorists. 
is, uh, is uh, to, to me, to say the least, is the height of uh, is a way to diminish the personality of Nelson Mandela, and that cannot be achieved. This is a world leader. Mandela was a known figure. It is not uh, just by mistake that Great Britain can put a statue at the center of London if it wasn't a great man. Mandela fought tooth and nail for the liberation of his people from the hand of the oppressor. So he wasn't a terrorist. He was purely a democrat and a thoroughly bred leader. And in life and death, I don't, I don't think we would ever have in this generation any leader like Mandela. Abraham Lincoln, Winston Churchill, every name mentioned, Bill Clinton, all those people, they came around to build on what people have built. Mandela fought for the emancipation of his people right from foundation. Let me put the world's greatest leader. Let me put a terrorist. Okay, let me put a couple of points here. We've we've had some comments on Facebook. Let me just pick one at random. Uh, From Andrew, the world, uh, enough on Nelson Mandela. The world does not revolve around him. I'm already sick of hearing about him. His death is sad, of course, but for the vast majority of the population, who cares? What would you say to that? Uh, That is how far his knowledge goes. Give honor to whom honor is due. Mandela never asked us to do all this for him. The people are saying or paying all this tribute for him because he had left a good footprint on the sand of time. The kind of people talking like that, they are just, they, they, they are Lilliputian in, in ideas. I'm sorry. Ayo, thank you very much uh, indeed. May, may I suggest you get a new telephone? Um, or, uh, unless you enjoy the uh, the huge stadium echo effect. Maybe that's an app you've got. Ayo, thank you very much uh, indeed. Bill in Milton Keynes says, Ian, you're being very patronising to the lady who's worried about the floods on the coast. This was uh, on Facebook. I think it was it Christina, uh, Christina Pierce. Um, you're being very patronising to the lady. Have you not thought that she might have family there? Perhaps it's time to change my morning radio channel. Bill, p- please feel free to. You won't find a show as good as this, I guarantee, and I, I know you won't change. No, not being patronising at all, uh, um, Bill. The, Christina has, has mentioned on Facebook, uh, There is this is local radio, there is huge local story with floods. Well... I'm asking people to call in with their local stories about floods. Nobody has called in. As far as I know, there aren't any local floods. Yes, the, the, the coast, it's, it's, the tide has risen, and it's, it's, it's standing on alert. But the, the, as far as I'm aware, if I'm wrong, please call in now and correct me, and we, we will correct that huge gap in our local knowledge. 08459 555. Not patronising in the slightest, Bill, and interesting that you would, you would pick up on it in that way. It's just questioning. Just questioning, which is, I, I think is a good thing to do. It's what we like to do uh, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, now, we are getting lots of reaction, uh, local reaction to the news that the former South African president, Nelson Mandela, has died at the age of 95. Well, back in the year 2000, he visited Bedford to unveil a bust of the anti-apartheid campaigner, Archbishop Trevor Huddleston, who was born in the town. Andrew Sinclair was the reporter on the day. Songs from the liberation struggle sung by children who barely remember the days when the apartheid regime of South Africa was internationally vilified 
and its most famous opponent was in jail. Yet such is the appeal of Nelson Mandela, they were waiting for hours to catch a glimpse. I could call him a miracle man, a very miracle man. He's uh, an inspiration to us all, even when you've never been to South Africa. A massive man, a brilliant man that's made such a difference to the whole world. By afternoon, as many as 10,000 people had crowded into the town centre, and when he arrived, they went wild. His security people wanted to move him straight to the podium, but the former president began shaking hands. Eventually, the ceremony began. There was a brief interruption from a streaker, but Mr Mandela didn't seem to mind. They listened to his speech in silence. He described Archbishop Huddleston as one of the giants of the liberation movement. Bedford's memorial was fitting. And I'm very honoured today to be here to pay memory, memory uh, homage to the memory of a great man. There was time for a dance, and then it was time to leave. The whole visit had lasted barely half an hour, and the people of Bedford will always remember this amazing day. Well, that was uh, Nelson Mandela visiting Bedford in the year 2000. A streaker in the year 2000? Surely that's only a 1980s phenomenon. You would think so. Comedy streaker, the policeman's helmets. We'll 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 celebrate the magic of streakers another day, because I think it's it's a wonderful British thing. Uh, In the meantime, though, Justin Dealey is in Bedford for us this morning. Uh, Morning, Justin. Who have you been talking to? Yes, I've been talking to uh, Opa Bagshi, who campaigned for the bust in the town. Um, uh, Some incredible memories there. What a fantastic atmosphere. Opa was there, and he's been telling me his memories of Nelson Mandela coming to Bedford back in 2000. Oh, it was a fantastic occasion for us. It was a great honour for us as well, for Bedford as a whole. And because I was the chairman of the Trevor Huddleston, I don't know whether uh, people realise that Trevor Huddleston was born and brought up in Bedford. And he was also the one of the bishop in uh, South Africa and who did a tremendous amount of uh, work uh, against apartheid. Mm. And Mandela came to know him quite well. So when Mandela... Um, came to know that we had got a bust for uh, Trevor Huddleston and uh, he wanted to come and uh, sort of commemorate this whole occasion. So it was a brilliant occasion, it was great and it was moving. Um, He even, I still remember, the day he came, it was in the afternoon and uh, there were children singing and dancing and he joined with them <laughs> and so it was really very very touching uh, for us and we were honored i think that's the only way i can put it and it's a sad day for all of us and sad day for the south africa as well as the whole world because he was a a kind of iconic man and i think there was only other person i can think of who could come or straight out in the same way as uh, gandhi mm. gandhi brought uh, independence for india and I think uh, Mandela brought independence for South Africa. I mean, the atmosphere sounded incredible when he came to Bedford back in 2000. You would have spoken to him. What did you say to Nelson Mandela? <laughs> I only say, thank you very much for coming. I, I, I had only chance of really giving my kind of real appreciation of the way he actually acted with the people. And he made a very moving speech as well. Um, and uh, so I was the, only the chairman uh, of this uh, committee, uh, but the mayor of Bedford was somebody else and uh, Carl Ellis was there. And uh, so we had a very, very um, 
really moving, as I, as I say, that most memorable location for us. Fantastic, isn't it? Another local story there, Opu Pagji, talking about the day that Nelson Mandela came to Bedford back in 2000. Yes, it, uh, I, I, I'm struck by the fact there was a streaker. I know there, <laughs> there were more significant <laughs> events involved in that day, and that the, the mm. Nelson Mandela being there himself was, was the biggest thing, of course. But uh, we don't really get streakers anymore, do we, Just Well, do you know what? Years and years ago, I was doing the announcements for the London Broncos, and there was a streaker. That's an American football side, is uh, it? Yeah, it's okay. uh, a yeah, rugby league. So, okay. so the, the, this streaker came on the pitch rather impressive actually but um, yeah the streaker came onto the pitch and um, I made some sort of announcement over the channel that was it afterwards I was taken into a room oh. and I was told hey listen you never ever do that again we don't like streakers and I was like well it's what? a bit of a rarity these days you know I think everyone secretly likes a bit of a streaker don't they don't like streakers Justin what are the chances mm. of um, next week let's say Tuesday yeah of getting you to streak through uh, various parts <laughs> and beds hearts and bucks and then getting people's reactions well, do you know what? Years ago, Ian, on Valentine's Day, I actually went out to uh, various locations in Bedfordshire with roses, and I was pretty much naked, so um, it wouldn't be the first time. Really? Yeah. Funny enough, I was uh, doing out my bedroom this week, and I came across some uh, some articles in the looser news of me naked, I believe, at Electrolux years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin, very quickly, your show tomorrow, 9 till 12. What's on there? Oh, three hours of fantastic music. Tomorrow, we're going to be playing the UK and American charts from this weekend back in 1966. Some names for you, the Beach Boys that you love, of course. Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, some great stuff there. And also, I've been to the LP Cafe in Watford. um, Now, this place sounds interesting, doesn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. It's, um, It's on the parade in Watford. It's been open about four weeks or so now. So you go into this cafe, it's a coffee shop, and they've got all the vinyl records on the wall and you take down a vinyl record and they can put it on the turntable so you're sitting there having a coffee listening to real music real vinyl so i've been there and i've been to uh, record some musical memories from the cafe so tomorrow nine until 12 this this place sounds great i'm gonna have to go down there we should go for a coffee seriously it's really unusual because you know nowadays of course even to see vinyl records is unusual but to see them on a wall in a coffee shop hearing them play and you can actually take them down you can touch and feel you can put it on the turntable how refreshing is that it's a date i'll see you there justin uh, thank you very much indeed justin dilly will be live tomorrow between 9 and 12. Right, 8.16. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call from Laura in Leegrave to say that the Leegrave High Street is closed in both directions around Clydesdale Road because of an accident. In Beaconsfield, things looking heavy on the A40 southbound at Park Lane. In Chalfont St Giles, Amersham Road's also slow southbound at the Pheasant Hill. M25 anti-clockwise looking heavy between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 still. Now on the M40 itself, looking heavy from the Denham roundabout up to the M25. Public Transport First Capital Connect have a reduced service on the Hartford Loop line before 10am today. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.17. It's uh, Friday the 6th of uh, December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. 
Former teachers uh, are t- for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. In cricket, at close of play on the second day of the second test in Adelaide, England were on 35 for one in reply to Australia's 570 for nine. The weather, cold with a mix of cloud and sunny spells this morning and patchy rain this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow, all five of our teams are back in action. In the league, Watford face another difficult task away to Leeds. And compounds Watford's misery. And Luton travel to Alfreton. It's also FA Cup second round there across beds, hearts and bucks as Wickham, MK Dons and Stevenage all have home ties and hope to reach the all-important third round. Fantastic strike by Matt McClure. Held it past the wall, into the net. Squirts in under the goalkeeper and we've got a bright spark in the game. Hear your local team in Three Counties Sport tomorrow from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. I'm surprised you're working right up until Christmasington. Yes. That's crazy. Is it really? Uh, the 20th is my last day here. Is it? Gosh. I don't normally like taking Christmas and New Year off, and I just thought this year I'll stuff it. You thought, what the hell, let's do it. What the hell, let's do it. So 20th, my last day here. 21st doing a little bit, little something somewhere else. Then that's it for pretty much two weeks. Gosh. I'm off on a Gosh. Holiday. What will we do without you? That sounds sarcastic. <laughs> it, do- it does. <laughs> You'll, you will get along fine. I think Roberto's filling in for a week. What, on breakfast? I think so, yes. Oh, right, they've okay. got They've got uh, Radio Royalty filling in for a week. Oh, right, OK. Well, I'm, I'll be off as well. I will be off for a couple of weeks. OK, you're going away, though, aren't you? Oh, of course. Oh. You're <laughs> going to come back tanned. You don't think I'm staying in this cold country <laughs> over oh. Christmas, do you? I couldn't do Christmas in another country. No, I did, to be fair, I did Christmas in another country last year, and yeah. I hated it. Yeah, it's not right. I was in Argentina. Oh, they do have some weird Christmas ways in Argentina. Do you know what they did? Did they chop the head off a live pig? Well, first of all, it was about 35 degrees, which is just unnatural, isn't it? No, and I no. was being eaten alive by mosquitoes, because yep. they celebrate it in the evening on the 24th. Oh, bonkers. Anyway, the uh, the mother of the of the family, yeah. she suddenly vanished at midnight, and suddenly comes out um, uh, of a window with all these carrier bags and threw carrier bags of presents onto the garden. How rude! That was it. That is disgusting. That was how the and then there was a mass scramble of people grabbing plastic bags and opening presents. That was it. Oh no! It's time to go home. No, no, no. That's no. not Christmas, is no, it? No, Christmas is you. You come down in the morning. All oh, the milk's gone. The carrot's been eaten. Oh look, it's been. Yes, That's exactly. what Christmas is. Exactly, and then you sit around and the day drags on and on and on and then you eat too much food, yep. have too much Pinot Grigio, yep. members of the family fall asleep. Or fall out. General flatulence oh, throughout stinky. the whole of the afternoon. Yep. And then finally, when everyone can't take any more, you then go to bed. Yeah, I love it. Or you get the cheese board out. <laughs> That's when we get the cheese <laughs> Just, board out. Yes, and then the Rennie before bed. <laughs> That's uh, what Christmas Day's all about. Argentina wonders why they're in such trouble. <laughs> I think you've just given us the reason. What's <laughs> on your show this morning? Yes, coming up on the big phone in this morning, of course, we are reflecting today's big news. I'm asking on the big phone in, did Nelson Mandela 
mean anything to you. Uh, as you've heard on your programme this morning, former South African president and apartheid uh, leader Nelson Mandela has anti-apartheid leader, of course. Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95. Well, you won't escape the coverage today, and I was very interested in the call that you took from mm. Phil in High Wycombe. There are other things going on as well. I mean, give it, give it 10, 15 minutes, all, and all the, all the nice things that they've done about him on the, you know, some of the things that he said you know he's obviously a very intelligent very clever man you can hear that and it's sad that he's gone but by all means give it 10-15 minutes and then obviously you know move on to do other news stories as well well i wonder if lots of people will agree with phil this morning or like millions of others around the world i just wonder how many listeners across beds hearts and bucks have been inspired by his life his message and the political difference that he made. From nine this morning, I want your views. Did Nelson Mandela mean anything to you? 08459 455 555. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still taking your calls, of course, on Nelson Mandela, 08459 455 555. What did he mean to you? And we are, we will, listen, I hope you think we've been treating this fairly. We have had a few texts and uh, calls from people who don't want to celebrate in uh, the call. Steve, I think, was the caller we had earlier on. Uh, don't want to celebrate a terrorist. Phil, as you just heard there, who thinks we're going on about it too much. So... 08459 455 555. I hope you think and I hope you feel that we're giving everyone a fair crack of the whip this morning. Oh, I popped. I haven't done that. Um, I haven't done that for about seven years. Any professional broadcaster worth his salt would never pop on the radio. Now, it's been alleged that teachers at the Barnfield Federation Education Institutions were made to spoon-feed people's coursework to get better grades, a BBC Three Counties radio uh, invest- uh, investigation has found. The subjects include GCSE Maths and English. Well, the Bedfordshire-based College and Federation is currently being investigated by the Department for Education. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has uh, the story. What's the new allegation, Paul? Well, Ian, uh, we know that the College and the Federation is being investigation, uh, investigated over uh, allegations of grade massaging and operational finances. The DfE, Department for Education, hasn't confirmed that, but it will only say that it's investigating the College and the Federation and taking the allegations seriously. Uh, we understand, too, there have been allegations of bullying of staff made by uh, several people to the DfE, too. Now, the whistleblowers who've spoken to us, they're former teachers at one of the academies, they've contacted us here at Three Counties Radio after you interviewed Stephen Hall, who's the chief executive of the Barnfield Federation, about the investigation in October. Now, the ones I've spoken to are former teachers of academies. Um, I did a long interview with two of them last week Uh, this is an excerpt from our interview with the whistleblowers voiced by one of our uh, members of staff what were you expected to do um getting students grades by whatever it takes some colleagues felt really uncomfortable with that in that basically it was demanded expected to spoon feed students to get the grades they would be continually rewriting pieces of coursework controlled assessment um you know They'd take the students off timetable for core subjects in particular and then just spend, you know, a week making sure they rewrote it, rewrote it, rewrote it until they'd achieved those grades. 
some of the teachers felt they weren't really teaching. They were saying, you need to put this in, you need to put this in. You know, it really goes against our ethical code as a teacher. And actually, you're not doing well by the students either. Now, controlled assessments and courseworks have fairly strict conditions. Um, one exam board says if you uh, if students do any work on the actual task prior to the assessment taking place, the teacher must not mark it or comment on it, as this would be seen as drafting and redrafting. Now, the Barnfield Federation tells us that it does not recognise the picture being painted by these accusations and strongly refutes these claims. They say that the investigation by the DfE is into operational procedures at the college and the federation and not anything to do with the academies. Also allegations made by the whistleblowers that they couldn't put any of these concerns to the de- uh, Department for Education, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. The investigations team uh, from the department have been in Bedfordshire taking witness statements over a number of days. However, when some of the people we've spoken to wanted to put these points to the department, they found it very difficult. Um, yeah, I did try ringing them and it was really difficult. The person at the end of the line at the Department for Education sort of said, I don't know who you need to speak to. I felt like I was going round in circles, so I gave up. What's been the reaction to these claims? Well, we've heard from local MPs and further afield. Um, national politicians are getting involved as well. Michael Gove has said that the system's working uh, and that the allegations uh, on a variety of things which happened at Barnfield uh, are, are sort of being looked into. Until that's concluded, he can't comment on it. Ed Miliband did speak to me a couple of weeks ago about uh, these investigations. He said that he was very worried. Well, I am concerned about the allegations, and of course they've got to be properly looked at, all of the allegations uh, around this, this chain. And I think it is an illustration of the wider problem that there is, which is that Michael Gove believes that you can run all of Britain's schools, academy schools and free schools, from central government. That's thousands of schools. Actually, what you need is local accountability as well, because that is really, really important for holding schools to account and making sure that we have proper financial management, proper systems and proper processes in place at all of our schools. That's what our kids deserve. That's what parents have a right to expect. Paul, thank you. More from Paul in a second. I'm joined now by Professor Alan Smithers, who's the Director of the Centre for Education and Employment Research at the University of Buckingham. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Do do the current guidelines on coursework give schools too much flexibility as to how they create exam conditions? Up to a point, but this is something of which the government's aware. And the arrangements for GCSE themselves are changing. And from 2015, there'll be very much less coursework in most of the GCSEs. In parallel with those, however, there are qualifications that are regarded as GCSE equivalents. And these vocational qualifications have a lot of coursework in them. And moreover, they are marked within the colleges. So this gives a lot of scope for improving the grades. So does the current system put pressure on schools to achieve certain standards and certain grades? There's huge pressure on schools to get good grades for GCSEs. Um, Part of that is to present themselves to parents as attractive and successful schools. But they have to meet certain minimum thresholds. And if schools don't achieve at least 40% of their pupils getting five GCSEs or equivalent, including English and Maths, then a whole set of uh, procedures comes into play. And the first of which is the warning letter, which I understand that the Skills Academy, part of Barnfield, has received. 
And have you heard of schools giving extra help to students to achieve a, at least a C grade or better in their exams? Well, the exam results are so enormously important that the schools will do anything, really, uh, within the law to raise the grades that are obtained. And as you heard from the contributor, um, this could involve a lot of training on the tests. Uh, In terms of coursework, yes, there can be a lot of help given to the pupils in getting a high standard of work. Um, The actual marking will be within the school quite often. So, yes, um, schools will do everything they can to put the best possible face on their exam results. That sounds unethical to me. Well, that's part of the system that they have to comply with, that if, uh, I mean, I I think in terms of the Skills Academy, it's particularly about vocational education. Uh, It's having to comply with academic requirements. And as we see that if it doesn't comply with those requirements, all sorts of procedures come into play um, with uh, the head teacher, principal, under pressure, with the staff under pressure. If this was a local authority school, there would be a likelihood that it would be taken out of local authority control and made into an academy. Since we're now with an academy, uh, it's not so easy to see how the government can intervene. Professor Alan Smithers from the University of Buckingham, thank you very much. Paul, what are Barnfield saying about this very quickly? Okay, very quickly. Oops, excuse me. Very quickly, the, uh, the Federation says it does not recognise the picture being painted by these accusations, strongly refutes the claims. They say our students are our lifeblood and follow a personalised learning programme suited to their individual needs and aimed at developing rounded young people who will reach their potential prepared for the world of work. They say the current investigation is not about education standards, it's about operational issues. And they say that any lessons learned, uh, sorry, any lessons about how things were done in the past will be learned, implemented and adhered to. And finally, they say we are already in the process of making sure that Barnfield is fit for the future and not held back by its past. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We had a call from Laura in Leegrave to say that the Leegrave High Street is closed in both directions around Clydesdale Road. Looking on the speed sensors, Aylesbury's looking slow on the Wendover Road heading south just after the A41. N25 anti-clockwise still heavy between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M40 itself heading northbound, heavy from the Denham roundabout up to the M25. Public Transport First Capital Connect have a reduced service on the Hartford Loop Line until 10 o'clock this morning. Tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia and London Underground, though. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.32. I'm Jane Killick. South Africa's first black president, Nelson Mandela, has died. He was 95. Mr Mandela passed away peacefully at his home in Johannesburg, where he was being treated for the recurrence of a lung infection, having spent three months in hospital. World leaders have been paying tribute. The Queen said she was deeply saddened. Nelson Mandela had worked tirelessly for the good of his country, and his legacy is the peaceful South Africa we see today. In other news, former teachers at a Barnfield Federation establishment claim they were made to spoon-feed pupils' coursework answers to make sure grade standards were maintained. The Bedfordshire-based Federation denies the allegations. The weather, mostly cloudy with sunny spells this morning, some patchy rain this afternoon, with temperatures only up to around 4 Celsius. 
Under sport and in cricket, Australia dominated the second day of the second Ashes Test in Adelaide. The hosts declared their first innings on 570 for nine, with Michael Clarke and Brad Haddin making centuries and sharing a stand of 200. In reply, England were 31 for one at the close. Captain Alistair Cook was bowled out for just three, Michael Carberry is on 20 and Joe Root on nine. In football, Watford could have more players back from injury for tomorrow's championship trip to Leeds. Defender Ikechi Anya could feature and midfielder Almen Abdi is close to a return. The Hornets secured a draw at Burnley on Tuesday after back-to-back defeats. Manager Gianfranco Zola thinks his side still has more to give. What is important that uh, we learn a lot from the game we played the other day and uh, and take everything that that we we did there to the next game. But I'm sure something more will come because I, I believe that my team hasn't given, even the other day, considering it was a good game, he hasn't given uh, everything he can give. Luton Town will be without injured centre-back Alex Lacey for the conference trip to Alfreton tomorrow. It could mean a league debut for one of the loan signings made by manager John Still last week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, Paul Scoins, Paul Scoins, I'm so sorry. I don't normally open links in emails. Life is too short. Yeah. You've sent me a, a link. It's particularly a good reason not to open it. They're normally quite dull. Mm-hmm. But you've sent me a picture. It was titled Jelvis. Yes. I've opened it up. It is horrific. What am I looking at here? Well, you were talking, uh, I think, to Justin about Googling his, himself and, and the, some of the pictures that he found. Yeah. And I just wondered whether or not he might have found that photograph. Which what, was, what is this? I think that was taken at a BBC Three Counties uh, event for children in need called Singers in Need, with uh, Justin Dealey performing uh, the hits of Elvis Presley. Catherine, have you seen this photograph of, um, of Jay Dogger's Elvis? I think I have seen those. <laughs> that's burnt onto the back of my eyebrow. That's, that's her, that poor young girl who stood behind you, having, having to share the stage with that. He's he, a very um, uh, characterful singer. He carries it off brilliantly, <laughs> can I just say that? The, the, I mean, you know, by Justin's standards, even by Justin's standards, that shirt is opened by a number of buttons. <laughs> I think it went any lower than we'd have oh. to be calling his doctor. I'm going to forward that on to, to Kelly Bet. I'll let Kelly be the uh, judge as to whether we put that uh, on Facebook or not, but we will. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for that. You've, you've made my day. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. It really is an horrific, horrific photograph. Um, Helen Cook in Welling Garden City has emailed. I disagree with Phil, who phoned in earlier. Phil said basically that we um, there is other news. Give Nelson Mandela 5, 10, 15 minutes and leave it at that. I always listen to your programme on the way to work and was going to change to BBC4 if you hadn't been talking about Nelson Mandela this morning. Why would anyone who cares about equality and justice in the world be interested in focusing on local news when a great light has gone out? It's right to reflect the impact Nelson Mandela had in changing people's perceptions about other human beings and their treatment towards each other. The world is a better place because he was in it. I uh, got some text as well. 
Um, I'm sure the people of the UK respect Nelson, but life goes on. So all day today, it's Mandela like watching pain dry. I believe you mean paint. Uh, that's a window cleaner in Bovingdon. Uh, anyone who says we shouldn't discuss Mandela because it isn't local news should go back under the stone. If local people are talking about it, then it should be discussed on local radio. Two weeks ago, we were talking about an ex-president who was murdered 50 years ago. Most people listening probably weren't even born then. Even most people working at the station. But does that mean we don't talk about it? The news about Mandela will be around until at least his funeral. So those dissenters get over it. At least you could say we won't be talking about Christmas as much from Marion in Hemel. Uh, and one more from Damon Sundon. What you have here is a prime example of the ignorant and sycophantic nature of society today. Nelson Mandela was a ter- terrorist, ultimately responsible for the death of innocents. However, it's how he managed to find a peaceful solution, keeping the same principles throughout that shows how great a man he was. This is something extremists today could take a strong example from. Dave, thank you very much indeed. We're asking as well, are there any more heroes left? Tim's from Biggleside. Morning, Tim. Morning. Tim, what would you like to say? Uh, Johnny Johnson from 617 Squadron, the Downbusters. Oh, is he still around? I think so. Oh, blimey. He must be um, pushing it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's still around. So you'd class him uh, as a hero. There aren't many... There aren't any promising prospects, are there, for for potential heroes in in, in people around at the moment, though, are there? Not really. Tim, thank you very much indeed. Catherine, you've you've got a suggestion, have you? Yes, I do. Malala Yousafzai. Oh, she's the young, uh, the young lady that was. Is she Pakistani? Was she? she yes, she was shot by um, the terrorist extremists for her defence of female education. She and, liked reading books and stuff, and she was a girl. And she's come back from near death, yep. having had the operation over here, and she's still speaking out. That's extreme bravery, and she's so young. I put yes, I w- we'll have her definitely. That counts. I think there needs to be a little element of. Sticking your neck out, yeah, taking a risk. We had someone Almost who said, recklessness. We had someone who said uh, members of the fire service. Exactly. Yeah. People who go that extra yard. Well, it, it is. It's, I do find it disappointing that, uh, that kids' heroes, the kids, grown ups' heroes as well, are David Beckham and Michael Owen, Katie Price, Katie Price, and Joey Essex. My daughter's learning about um, real heroes at school. Yeah. Grace Darling. Oh, Do you remember nice. the story of Grace Darling? Go on. Well, she drew a picture oh, right. from me last night, um, my daughter did. It was uh, Grace Darling, the lightkeeper's, uh, housekeeper's daughter, who oh, no, saw I... the shipwreck and went out in the rowing boat and oh. saved nine people. There you go, you see. Okay, that's right. a proper, that's proper heroes. Can we get some... Pro- well, let's ask a young person. Let's ask Kelly Betts. Again, I'm, I'm hovering over all faders and, and... Well, no, I don't have a dumb button here. I may live to regret this. You're a young person, Kelly. Who are, who are your Hi. heroes? Is it people like um, Lady Gaga and um, uh, Joey Essex? Yes, both I look up to hugely. They've done so much for our uh, education okay. and, you know, they've really helped. No, it's not them. Who, who have you're you got an any? Idiot. Sorry? Hi. Um, am I your hero? Is that what you're, you You're said? my hero. That's, that's all we needed to know, you see. Thank you very much. I know you're slightly more intelligent than the average uh, youngster. Youngster? It's because you keep calling us mum and dad. That's where that's from. 08459 455 555. Listen, you're going to be hearing about um, Nelson Mandela a lot for the rest of the day, a lot for the rest of the weekend. Probably, you're right, until, until his funeral. Some of you are already tired of it and switched off, and that's absolutely fine. That is well within your right. But those of you who are saying it's not a local story... 
think you're wrong because it is a local story. And what we're doing, and, and some of you have been clever enough to pick up on this, what we're doing is we are making it local. We are talking to local people who met him, who've been affected by him, who've been touched by him, Steady. So it, it is a local story. And I do hope you, you, you think that we are making it we are looking at the local elements because I listen. I'm a big fan of, of, of local radio. That's why I work here. You see, uh, and I'm keen to keep this as local as possible. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Steve the Milky. Morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Stephen. What would you like to say? I think you should stop going about Nelson Mandela. There's more important things. Like there's a puddle in the middle of the road. Oh dear. Oh dear. Is there? What where? where what road? Is, Stephen, hang on a second. What road is this, Steve? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I've gone past it now. I've got away from it quickly. Kelly Betts, listen. Uh, this is. Uh, we just, need to. I'm just going to ring the police yes. about this, if that's all right. Yeah, I think you should, and we will. We'll investigate this. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. We're on. Steve, I appreciate you flagging that up. Uh, we are. We are on it, and uh, we. Uh, listen, I can understand why people might be. Uh, new saturation of any story can be a little bit tedious. Now, I think we've broken up this show as much as we can do with other news stories, with with uh, talking to Paul about what's going on in Barnfield and other bits and pieces like that. I also think, Steve, that we've given. Um, People who are uh, who, who aren't so keen to hear about Nelson Mandela, a fair crack of the whip. It, it's not been a complete whitewash, if you're pardon the phrase, uh, in terms of who who's coming on. We're, we're allowing a, a nice mix, I think. Hello, Steve. Oh, Steve's gone. Who's that breathing? Is that Shirley? Yes, probably. He- Hello, Shirley. I thought I was talking to Steve. Steve had disappeared <laughs> and transformed into a beautiful woman called Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, what can I do for you? What have you got? Well, people, this woman that said about the floods. Now, yes. um, my daughter lives in Yarmouth. OK. Um, and she was sort of texting me right throughout the day on the situation there, yes. worried about the, the surges and everything. Yeah. Um, and last night she had the police knocking on the door saying either she'd got to evacuate or she'd got to get sandbags. Oh, dear. So sort of about nine o'clock she was off filling up 12 sandbags. Where do you get sandbags at that time of night? There was a, apparently somewhere down near Sainsbury's at Yarmouth, so there was some pile, big piles of sand where they could go and oh, fill okay. up their sandbags. OK. So she was struggling. She filled up 12 to um, put six at the front door and six at the back to cover up the air bricks. And she was sort of texting me throughout the night with an update on everything. But they were okay. How Um, is she? How is she? How did it go last night for her? Yeah, she was okay. They didn't get... They didn't get floods. I mean, they were worried about the the late surge at about half past ten last night. Um... But she's texted me this morning, to, you know, at five o'clock to say they're OK, they didn't get any floods. Fantastic. There's, there's, there's another high tide coming, but it probably won't be as is, bad as that one. There's, there's two today, apparently. Right. Oh um, but I did hear on last night's um, radio that Hemsby Lifeboat Station fell into the sea. Oh, a, a whole lifeboat station? Apparently so. They gave out because um, it all goes over to... The, a different channel in the evening, doesn't it? Yes. The radio. Yes. And um, I was in bed listening to it last night, and they did say that um, they'd just heard that Hemsby Lifeboat Station had fallen into the sea. Oh, my word. That's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible, and it does make you think the... Um, uh, 
the power of nature. There's not yeah. a lot we can we can do. If, if Mother Nature wants to have a pop, we can't really do a lot, can we? We can't, no. I mean, a lot of people were evacuated. And um, her son's school, he got sent home early oh. because they were worried about... Um, about the surge and everything. So. Oh, Shirley, you just reminded me. Straight after this, yeah. I'm dashing off to my son's school. He's three and it'll be four in January. Yeah. It's their Christmas show this morning. Oh, lovely. Oh, and he's a shepherd. We saw him in his oh, shepherd's costume. Him. He's got the opening line to the show. He starts off by going, Welcome to our story. It happened a long time ago. That's my boy doing oh, that. that. That's, you know, that's wonderful because when my um, middle daughter. When she was in nursery, she played Mary. Oh, did she? Oh. In the nativity. And it, it's so wonderful it to see the little children... Magic. ...doing the nativity. I yeah. absolutely love very, it. Very, very magical. Shirley, I thank you very much. I well for it. Thank you very much indeed. I'm sure it will. Whatever happens, we'll be very, very proud of him. And I'm glad things are all right for your daughter. Steve the Milky, what, what happened, mate? Hello, Ian. Where'd you go? You, you hung up. My, uh, it's the reception is not good. Is that... Uh, Kevin Bacon, tell him to stop pulling that shed around and get these women... Is, that, is, it, is it that puddle? Is the situation that bad near that puddle, Steve, that it's affecting the it phone lines? Be. Yeah. Steve, Steve? Yeah. We're losing you, Steve? Steve? Oh, no. Oh, he's gone. I'm sorry about that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Grave High Street is closed in both directions around Clydesdale Road after an accident. Thanks to Laura for phoning that one in. In Bletchley, Standing Way heading east is slow at Watling Street. And in Watford, Pinner Road also looking heavy around Bushy Arches. The N25 anti-clockwise though is eased now between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M40 though northbound still looking a little heavy from the Denham roundabout to the M25. Public transport, First Capital Connect have a reduced service on the Hartford Loop up until 10 o'clock this morning. Tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia and London Underground. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. More from Alice before nine o'clock. Right now it's 8.46, it's Friday the 6th of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tributes are being paid to Nelson Mandela, who died last night. Former teachers for the Bedfordshire-based Barnfield Federation reveal how pupils were spoon-fed answers to coursework. And in cricket, at close of play on the second day of the second test in Adelaide, England were on 35 for one in reply to Australia's 570 for nine. Last 15 minutes of the show, why don't you give me a call? Your stories about Nelson Mandela, or maybe you do think... We're banging on about it a little bit too much. Do let me know either way. 08459 455 555. Let's see if we can get Justin Dealey on as well. It'd be nice to talk to him about that picture of him dressed up as Elvis. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Let's get the weather first. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a lovely bright start to the day across parts of Buckinghamshire, eastern areas of Bedfordshire too, slightly cloudier over Hertfordshire this morning. There will be some good spells of brightness and sunshine developing just about everywhere I think today. It's feeling rather chilly and temperatures won't really get much past 5 or even 6 degrees, 43 in Fahrenheit. So a cold day for us 
mostly dry, just the risk of perhaps a few showers running down um, on that northwesterly wind. The wind a lot lighter than it was yesterday. Overnight tonight, it's going to cloud over. We'll see temperatures down to two or three degrees, I think. We might just get some clear spells in the clear spells. Rural spots may just see a touch of frost, otherwise largely frost-free overnight tonight, leading to a milder weekend. We've got some milder air coming up. So Saturday's temperatures up to eight or nine degrees. Similar on Sunday, a bit more in the way of brightness, though, on Saturday, I think. Uh, Sunday, a cloudier day, but dry all weekend and staying settled into next week. That's the forecast. Roberto Peroni. We are really good at work <laughs> for one hour. Tell you what, if my turkey's not a big fat one for Christmas, I'm going to be very disappointed. If you've got small children or you're a small person, I dwarf, dress as a rabbit, going to a fancy dress party, you are perfectly safe. Roberto Peroni. Bird watchers in Buckinghamshire are perking that a pair of falcons will breed there over winter. And we can all say, gentlemen, God bless Leighton Buzzard and that wonder bra. What an amazing invention. Weekdays from three. Good afternoon. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Roberto. I'm looking at a really disturbing photograph. Paul Scoyne sent me this. It's not one of the usual disturbing ones he sends, and boy, oh boy, I must remember to complain to management about that. But he sent me this picture. It's, it's titled Jelvis. And it really, I mean, it's just terrifying. You'd want to use this as to, to scare away burglars. It's... Well, Justin, why don't you describe what it is I'm looking at? Well, something very sexy. <laughs> It's you. Yes. Wearing an Elvis jumpsuit. Yes. Elvis sunglasses. Yes. You're on stage. Yes. And it looks like you're singing. Well, you know, all the things you just described there would be me being Elvis Presley at a charity night. A couple of things here for you, okay? It was a charity evening a few years ago for the BBC, so I was raising money for a very, very good cause. Secondly... Well, hang on a second. All right, well done. Yeah, yeah. that's still a crime against nature you're committing there. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, What I would say was that uh, Look East were were there that evening, and they recorded it to to be used on their their news bulletin the following night, and uh, they went round people after Afterwards and said, how was your night? And they said, oh, it's fantastic, some great songs. Who was your favourite? And all the people on there, and I can prove it to you, name me as their favourite. Hang on, is there video footage of you doing this? Absolutely, of course there is. Oh, mate. What? Oh, please, please let me... Look, where, where can I find this? Look, I, I'll find it for you. I could have been a singer, OK? I could have been a singer, but... I've heard you singing when, you, when we're getting ready to go to you and we're playing a record. I've heard you singing. <laughs> That's me messing around, but I could have had a career as a singer, but I... I said, no, do you know what? I'm not going to go down that route because I prefer to play the songs. Justin Dealey, uh, nine, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, nine till twelve. Nine till twelve, three hours of great songs and great memories. Uh, the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1966. And I've been to the LP Cafe in Watford. Hear what happened tomorrow from nine. Good stuff. Thank you very much, uh, Justin. We will hunt down that. Uh, um, we haven't got time, I'm afraid, if we want to play this audio. We haven't got time. So uh, we've been talking about Nelson Mandela this morning. Of course, passed away last night. Now, listen, we had a call earlier on in the show from Lucy, who's in. Dunstable. If anyone wonders why we're covering Nelson Mandela so much, have a listen to this. Call Lucy's in Dunstable. Morning, Lucy. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I believe you have a, a personal connection with Nelson Mandela. What was that? <laughs> Not really personal, personal, but I'm South African. I, I, I picked that up from the accent. Exactly. Yes. 
Stephen, what was he saying about the word terrorist? Well, yes, we had a, well, the caller at the, the top of the hour said that he thought it was odd that we were celebrating uh, what he called, who he, he called a terrorist. If you would ask me, being a South African, growing up without a granddad who's sitting in Robben Island with Nelson Mandela, it was a stress. Having uncles who were out of the country in exile, it was stressful. So we as South Africans, we have suffered in silence when the whole world was watching the Boers killing people. What is he talking about? Because that was Margaret Chetta, remember saying the terrorist Nelson Mandela. And yes, she apologized years later, but it didn't make difference to some of us. It didn't, Ian. Today, the sun of Africa has fallen. And unfortunately, none of the people are following his footsteps. There's a couple of things you mentioned there, Lucy. Let's just go back quickly if we can. So your grandfather was in prison well, yes. on Robin Island with Nelson Mandela. Yes, and few other more 170-something people who were there. He's one of the heroes who's still alive. He's still alive. He's 97 years of age. And how long was your granddad on Robin Island for? He was there in 1965, in 1969, until 1994. Wow. What was it like when he came out? It was beautiful. It was beautiful, Ian. South Africa, I remember the day they mentioned that they are coming out. We heard it from the radio in the morning coming from school. No, in the morning going to school. We never went to school that day. We were celebrating because of that evening it was a party in South Africa. We couldn't believe it. Our parents couldn't believe they will see the day, especially people who died in Alexander, the women who died for their rights, people who died asking to, be, to, to vote for South Africa. But there was nothing. The whole world was watching. The whole world was saying we were terrorists. But only few men stood and put everything down for the sake of their country. And how many people do that? Without a war. We didn't have guns. We had a stone and a shield. And that's all our uncles and our brothers knew how to sh- defend a bullet. He needs to go back and look at 1976. He needs to go back and read history or look at history and see how many people have suffered through the apartheid regime. How old were you, Lucy, when your grandfather was released? I was, I was born in 1976. My mathematics is killing me. So, 93. So, hang on, you were... 1976. Yeah. And it was 1990 when he... So you're about 14? Yeah, I was already 14. And what was it like? Obviously, you'd never met him. What was it like the first time you met your grandfather? Um, It was so good. It was so good, Ian. We were not allowed to go on the other side. My my grandmother went with my mum. And when they came back with him from town, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We were all crying. The whole village was crying. Everybody was crying because of they knew him. They knew him. And they knew what he stood for. And for us, he was a stranger. But to know that he's one of the people who has done this, the Susulus, we don't live far away from each other, the Susulus, all of the heroes. It was, it was a village. Even if you go now in the streets of Soweto, you will see all those houses. They are called museum houses because we don't live far from each other. The men knew what they were talking about. Not this idiot who's driving on the motorway this morning and saying he doesn't know what he's, we're going through. The other thing you mentioned that was interesting, you, you, you said that, that there was um, no one in South Africa who was 
of the same calibre to carry on what Nelson Mandela had achieved? Do you um, think South Africa is, is going to be in trouble? In Politically, I think we are in trouble, politically. And uh, for probably I'm talking of me being here for more than 15 years, but to be honest with you, uh, looking at it back home, I would have loved things to be changed so much. When I go home all the time, it's like thinking that if they could change this, if they could change this, making the poor be better, helping those who can, I think somehow making it an equal Africa, South Africa, that we wanted it to be. I, I, I would think personally things haven't changed that much. And Lucy, uh, I really appreciate your call this morning. Thank you very much. It, it's very easy for, you know, for me, a white middle-class person in Britain who's, who's had it pretty easy to, uh, to, to, to make judgments and things like that. But hearing from, from a, you know, a, a black South African who has a personal involvement uh, is fascinating. Well, just, just try and sum up for, the, for those listeners like me who, are, who might be struggling to understand how important Nelson Mandela was. What, what does he, what did he mean to you? For us, he meant everything. He meant he was the father of the nation. He was there to tell us to say, to those who were fighting in 1976 in the struggle of the students when they didn't want to do Africans anymore. He was the reason to the people to say, we struggle in prayer. We struggle without killing no one. We struggle in what we stand for. The truth one day, it will be set free. And that day, I could be seen when Jesse Jackson was there saying, we are free today because of few words. Do not fight back. Do not fight back and say South Africa has come to end change. We did come to a free country. We did go to those shops where we were written into in 1980-something, shops still written blacks only, whites only. Buses were still written blacks only, buses or uh, whites only. We, 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 we became free. We became free. Yes, some of us had a privilege of a better education, but for those who had nothing, we felt for them. We, we felt the same situation which we're in. So Mandela today, we are celebrating the life of a hero. We are celebrating his life because if God didn't bring that man into earth, South Africa was going to be under somebody else. Probably the apartheid regime was going to go somewhere. And many others who fought. Today, I'm proud to say, Ian, viva Nelson Mandela, viva, and may your soul rest in peace. Well, there you go. That was uh, a call we received earlier on in the show. If anyone's questioning why we're talking about Nelson Mandela so much, then uh, I I think the passion in Lucy's phone call uh, explains it all. Thank you very much for all of your comments today. We we enjoy all of them, good and bad. They're all uh, all considered and filed and cleaned and then burnt, but we do appreciate them. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Lee Gravely, Gave High Street is closed in both directions around Clydesdale Road. In Harpenden, the speed sensors are showing that things are slow in both directions on the High Street near the station. In Bletchley, Standing Way heading east also slow at Watling Street. In Watford, things are heavy around bushy arches on Pinner Road and also Lower High Road. Public Transport First Capital Connect have a reduced service on the Hartford Loop Line up until 10am today. Tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia and the London Underground, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who took part in the show. Don't forget, if you want to uh, contact me over the weekend, you can email me 
Heaven knows why you'd want to do that, but that's certainly an option available to you. Ian.Lee, I-A-I-N, I spell my name correctly, Ian.Lee, at bbc.co.uk. There'll be a new podcast released later on today, maybe about midday-ish, something like that. It goes onto the BBC Three Counties website first, then iTunes maybe later tonight or tomorrow. JBS is up next from me until Monday morning at 6. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in. Did Nelson Mandela mean anything to you? If you're just waking up this morning,